to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin and Trent Reznor and Jesse Eisenberg's The Social Network. Pop in your DVD or Blu-ray. Press play, press pause when the Columbia logo fades to black. At the first frame, you perceive of all black. After the movie's already fucking the gun and they're talking about uh, whatever they're talking about, people with high IQs, press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, and pause. At which point, I'll press play. You'll press play. Well, then we Oh, you were going to do it like uh, like Sorkin wrote it. <laughs> you were doing it all fast. <laughs> I was trying. No, no, no. We're, we're sitting in one spot. Yeah, That's you should have walked around. Exactly. The, uh, Columbia, around we are going to be carrying the microphones and walking up and down hallways the entire show. The Columbia logo fades to black. Press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, and pause. We'll watch the movie together in perfect sync like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. And those friends this week are myself, as always, to Christy. And my friend Brian William Fennifter. Greetings. And Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And we brought a tray of the amazing Stokes. I haven't actually approved your friendship yet, but I'll, I'll do it eventually. Yeah. Well fucking played. Thank good you. joke there. That was good. I didn't even see that one coming. Anyway, The Social Network. I talked about this on Tron a little bit. The, the summer of 2010, whenever this movie came out. It was 010, right? It was last year. Yeah. yeah. Did uh, you say 010? That's awesome. Yeah, well, whatever. Ot <laughs> hey, 10. Actually, it was late. It was, it was more uh, the fall of 2010. 2010, yeah. when I'm watching trailers for movies, I see two things I'd never seen before, and they both happened in the same summer, and I was losing my fucking mind. Where I have a massive crush on Olivia Wilde. It's like, okay, Olivia Wilde is in a remake of Tron, and the score is by Daft Punk. Oh, my fucking God. And the other one was Aaron Sorkin is writing a movie for David Fincher to shoot with music by the Nine Inch Nails guy. Fucking bot sitting. I'm ready to go. I've already got my rum and my Diet Coke. I'm, I'm waiting for the movie to start in like, you know, January. Six months from now. Yeah. And, um, and best of all, it's a movie about Facebook. Yeah. Holy, holy shit. Huh? I can't wait to talk a little bit about that. That uh, was the part that made me go. Yeah, that was the part that made you go. That, well, that's, well, I don't okay. know about you guys. I might have sent it to you uh, at some point afterwards, but I got my hands on the script pretty early. There was a, not an official leak, but there was like an unofficial leak, which is really leaky. Um, and I got to read the script seven months before the movie came out. And, I, and it, was, it was interesting because I'll get into it. But as someone who's been a fan of Aaron Sorkin for a long time, it was not what I expected to see out of an Aaron Sorkin script. And I'll... Uh, just bury the lead there and let you wonder what I'm going to talk about later. Uh, but the movie itself is, I think it's really impressive, uh, all things considered, uh, on all fronts. Uh, everyone is kind of firing on all cylinders here, and it's absolutely no surprise that it did get Oscar acclaim because, frankly, you can make a movie about anything as long as everyone involved is really fucking great at their job and does their job very well on the movie that you're talking about. And this is, case in point, exactly the lived-out example of that. Um, generally speaking, I... Um, I think it, it's very interesting how it handles its timelines, and I love all the performances in it. Uh, I love the visual effects, the the fuck ton of invisible visual effects. I, I really enjoy the score, uh, which apparently is a controversial thing to say. And, and whenever I talk about music now, I'm going to be on my, like the edge of my seat. Like, <laughs> am I fucking someone up? Um, but generally, it's it's really good. I really enjoy it. I have n very little negative anything to say about this movie. I do wonder what we're going to talk about a little bit, but... I hope everyone else has stronger opinions than I do. For the most part, the social network is yet another David Fincher is good at this. I want to see, I'm really glad we have a David Fincher right now because in a world full of McGee's and Michael Bay's, at least a Chris Nolan or a, or a David Fincher every now and then really refreshes your palate. It's like, oh, filmmaking is happening on the screen this summer. I'll go watch it. Brian? Yeah, this movie actually makes me very sad just in the sense that <laughs> why why is there a period film from a time that I remember very easily? <laughs> I was in college in 2003. Uh, Why are we already making period films? About they make a little passing reference. This was like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. They make a little yet. passing reference to like there was a movie star in set, and in the movie it's like it doesn't matter who it is. It's like we it, all remember Natalie Portman went to Harvard in 2003. It, it, yeah. We were all watching media at the time, and it was a deal that she went to Harvard instead of doing other things. And 
It's Natalie Portman. Anyway. That's just, you know, how, how non-passing of a reference it is when they're trying to be passing about it. It's so recent. Anyway. anyway. Uh, yeah, this is um, an absolute... Like, this. just watching this is a masterclass in, in filmmaking, I think. I really... In, I really like David Fincher as a as a filmmaker. I love Aaron Sorkin as a as a writer. I love everybody's performance. This it's it's kind of like what you said. It's just nice that somebody is putting thought into what the fuck they're putting on screen and really thinking through every every fucking thing that they 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 put up there. And um, uh, it's as you look oddly touched by this movie. I you know I, I rewatched it uh, actually once last night with one commentary and and again this morning with another commentary so this will be the third time in 24 hours that I've seen it with commentary <laughs> with commentary yeah um, but uh, just really appreciating the the amount of of craft that that goes into uh, that was put into a film like this just and the, the attention to detail and from from every at every level, from the way things are are paced, the way Aaron Sorkin writes things in, the way he frames and how he uh, decides when to reveal certain information, how he decides when to jump from one time period to next, from one deposition to the actual events and back again and whatnot, uh, all the way down to you know the the wardrobe choices and how they recreate Harvard, which isn't actually Harvard because they couldn't shoot there, and how they you know they recreate that world. <laughs> And I feel like an asshole saying recreate that world of Harvard of 2003. Because <laughs> I mean, long, our records days of Harvard, our records from that era are very sketchy. But really they did are. a well, wonderful job. They were all destroyed in the war. So. Yeah, we didn't have Facebook anyway. So I think in terms of of, of just pure craft, and you you can get into how how this reflects on the actual history of you know Facebook's creation, Mark Zuckerberg as a villain or hero, or whatever. We, that's a whole other topic that a we can hero. get in, that we can get into. Uh, but just purely on a craft making standpoint, this is a very very Admirable film and one worth studying. In the chat, Mascan42 says, Careful, because the last Aaron Sorkin movie you did, Teague wound up in the hospital. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I'm That's worried true. now. How are you feeling? And I'm even drinking. This is a bad yeah, sign. This is going to go well. Michael, how are you? Uh, do you have like much history with Aaron Sorkin projects, David Venture projects? Were you excited about this going in? And no, to be honest. I mean, uh, I heard about it and everyone was like, Here, David Fincher, Aaron Sorkin. I'm like, Well, <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen. I've heard these names. I've, I've heard these names. I like, I like Fincher, and I've, you know, I, I watched Studio Sixty, which is my main experience with them. I still haven't seen The West Wing. Um, <gasps> yeah, yeah, wow. I know that happens every time I say it. Wow, um, that's awesome, Michael. But, um, you really have to watch The West Wing. I know, I know, but I'm like seriously, I'm working on Breaking Bad right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, no, drop it. The, uh, the, um, so so everyone was very excited about it, and I'm like, yeah, but I've seen very talented people totally fuck up before, so yeah. I don't automatically get excited about it, and I don't know how I feel about it being the Facebook movie, and it seemed very affected in the marketing and stuff like that, so I was like, You didn't well, like the Creep trailer? Yeah. The Creep trailer so, was amazing. So I thought, okay, well, it'll come out, and everyone will want Hate to see it. it, and I will go see it when it comes out. Um, and I did, and I really loved it, actually. Um, I absolutely agree with what um, Brian was saying. It's absolutely a great example of it. As, as we talked about, this was nominated in its year, which was last year, for um, <laughs> another period piece. Yeah. It was nominated for uh, an Oscar, for a Best Picture Oscar. Um, it lost to The King's Speech, but I think it should have won. I think this was the best wow. picture of last year. Cool. Um, for exactly the reason that, that you were talking about. It's like, Every, it's every, much harder to make a good movie out of this. And yes, and at every level, every every single department 
every level of craft is working together and it's got this this laser sight at exactly the movie that it's trying to make mm. and nothing deviates everything just hits right at the bullseye and it's like i i you know you look at a movie like this and like you said it's well worth studying because it's like this is the kind of thing that people are trying to do when they make movies <laughs> yes. they're trying to get all of these different arms and the, these you know, uh, different personalities and stuff, all to hit the same point and tell the same story. This is what firing on all cylinders looks yeah, like. Yeah, and this and this movie absolutely does it. So, um, like you said, I'm not sure what we're going to say other than <laughs> that over and over again, but um, I'm looking forward to the commentary. Trey, I've heard you express a lot of love for Fincher, but I've also heard you say that you, you think a lot of his movies are overrated. When I was did really you surprised. Hear me express love for Fincher? Well, see, there you go. And I was really <laughs> surprised was when, when you kind of came out of the gate and said, I really love the social network, and you've been really excited to get a, do a commentary for it. What is it about the social network, man? It's I, I wish I knew. It's uh, it really is. Uh, it's I'm just it's for me. It's like Fincher finally calmed the fuck down. It's like <laughs> all right, dude, just you chilled out. Yeah, you, you you proved your point, whatever that point was. You know, whoever teased you in art school, they're not a problem anymore. <laughs> You're fine. Um, actually, ironic. Amusingly enough, um, in Aaron Sorkin talking about this movie, um, Aaron, Sor- Aaron Sorkin has a cameo. He plays a brief role, right. which he insists that uh, Fincher insisted he do. He didn't go, I want to do a cameo. He didn't want a Shyamalan. But Fincher made him do it. Um, so he talks about how he has a cameo. But then in the in the Hall of the Mountain King, um, you know, uh, uh, rowing scene, the, uh, you know, the... little the, scene that takes the, place the in the tilt, the, tilt, the, the, the tilt shift, shift photography. The one. tilt shift scene. He refers to that as the David Fincher cameo, which <laughs> yeah. which I agree. It's like, Fincher, okay, fine, just two minutes you can have. You can just <laughs> Fincher the fuck out of it. Go and ahead. And we'll go back to the movie. But then we'll get back to the movie. It speaks to um, both of us, but I really like that scene. I like and that scene, too, and it's perfectly fine, and it's great that, you know, he kept it to, like, that one thing as opposed to, you know, Panic It's also Gro- Trent Reznor's cameo, frankly. Pan- no, well, he didn't write Hall of the Mountain King. <laughs> But the um, arrangement, the, how how he so made, one thing he didn't write in the movie. Well, is, I know uh, the pure gent suite, but yeah. he he didn't he he made this weird glitchy industrial version. Yeah, of it's this like classic. It's, oh, and it's cool. one of those things if you take right. it, if you try and take it apart into its component parts, it's like okay, so it's a scene of guys rowing. It's shot in tilt shift, and it's done to a cracked out version of Hall of the Mountain King. <laughs> and we're dropped right in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 in a movie about uh, about programmers. And you would kind of go, yeah, I can totally see that working. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I understand. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Of course you have a scene like that. Duh. Um, and that's kind of the whole movie's kind of that way. And it really is kind of a, none of this should work. This should suck. This movie should this suck. This should be boring and dull the, and The subject stolid. matter and the way they do the subject matter and the whole, whole uh, two hours of people talking about fucking Facebook. Are you kidding me? And yet somehow it's fascinating and beautifully crafted. It's 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 easily my favorite Fincher film, which is you know not saying much, but it's I like it a lot, and uh, and it is kind of it's amazingly fascinating, and it's it's fascinating in in and again technologically and across all all cylinders. Like you said, it's it's firing on all the cylinders. Trey, do you use Facebook? Do you have a Facebook? I do. I try and uh, I've I've every switch that allows someone to find me, I have thrown to the negative direction. <laughs> so I'm only inundated by thousands of people who want to be my friend. <laughs> who I've never heard of, um, and I, I solve that problem by never, ever, ever saying yes to a friend request. So anyone who wants to try that, I'm not even friends with you on Facebook. That's you true. don't even know if I have. I'm friends I've, with I've you seen on you. I always yeah. thought it was a fan page. Exactly. Like you have a there wiki is a page. fan page for me too. Just because if you have a wiki, it automatically ports to becoming a Facebook page as well. So that exists, but that's robots. Crazy. Um, I didn't know that. That's cool. But, uh, but yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I might have a fan page. Then, <laughs> yeah, if you've got, got a wiki, wiki page. page, then yeah. Um, but I down don't. in front doesn't have one. The only reason I have, a, doesn't have the one. only Brian reason I have a Facebook one. account is, a is because every other link page. that someone sends me, look at this cool thing. It's a fucking Facebook link, and you have to have a Facebook account to be gotcha, able to click yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. 
Um, but so, so uh, this movie really didn't have a, like a, a chance in hell of, of getting your attention. And then well, it's Aaron Sorkin. Sure. And, and uh, I was like Aaron Sorkin, and, and the buzz was this is really uh, interesting, fun. And when the reviews came out, I saw it in the theater, and the reviews came out, and it was like okay. And whenever it came out, I went to you know I went to the theater, and I plunked down, and you know I was the only one there because you know this movie won no hit, but. Um, the it was great. I really enjoyed it. I, I was just fascinated and engaged the whole way through. And I think it, it says a lot. We've been talking a lot lately in the in the forums. I mean, you had I wasn't in on it, but there was the kind of the intermission show about blockbusters. Yeah, and like, well, they made well. Here's one. They made this movie. You can't say that it's all because here's this. Mm-hmm. This movie exists. Yeah, it's true. It was released by a major studio. Um, wasn't a hit though, <laughs> but okay. Uh, you know, and had but, everything going for it. And there's that direction. And there's the, the answer to the your question, which only, exactly, which only underlines the point of yeah. the blockbuster bubble episode yeah. of intermission. But uh, yeah, Damn. I love it. It's fascinating, and it's it's really I I've watched it many many times, and I've watched the documentary, which is longer than the movie itself, many many times. Oh, is that on the DVD? Uh, it's not on the DVD. It's not a separate on, DVD. It's, it's also available on, or it was t- briefly available on IMDb. Yeah. And uh, I want to see that like a mofo. It's anyway, great. we should start. We should start. Yeah. Anyway, you're at the point where the Columbia Loaded Faded to Black. We're looking at subtitles and they're already talking. Welcome <laughs> to the Aaron Sorkin project. <laughs> yeah, so Sorkin was like, don't do it. Anyway, start talking. You know, uh, Columbia Loaded Faded to Black. Three, two, one. Um, pause. And, and actually, this opening scene is. We were saying like I have a thing. I have a thing about this scene. This opening scene is like the Sorkin Fincheriest bit of this movie because because it come in. It's got this really heavy green cast and they're talking so fast back and forth at each other. Right. And I was really I was like, oh my god, if this is the entire movie, I can't deal. I cannot (laughs) handle it. Wow. If this entire movie is like this, but okay, maybe you shouldn't watch The West Wing then. But (laughs) but but the thing was that the uh, the it it really feel like they both. It feels like this scene they were both being like, yes. Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher are making a movie together, and it's about Facebook. Here's Here the go. opening scene to prove that, <laughs> and now we're going to calm down. And yeah. after this scene, it 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 calms down a bit and it's, and takes its. Time it's funny because you know, as as we've talked about before, you know, you have to, and they they at least Fincher talks about it in his commentary. He's you know they, he expresses the same sentiment that we've talked about, where you know you have to right off the bat. Uh, tell communicate to your audience what movie you're making in the first scene in the first ten minutes. You have to say this is the tone, this is what the story is, these this is the world. You have to communicate all of that, and I think very consciously this is what they're doing yeah. with that scene. They're saying this is these are the characters and this is the world, and more importantly, this this is the tone because it's me and Aaron Sorkin making this movie. But what's more interesting is the fact that, like you said, it's. This is the most finchery Sorkin-y right. moment. It's, it's like an inoculation. They're like, if you can handle this, you can handle the rest. Yeah, of it. and then it kind of it, it, it recedes. <laughs> this is almost the high watermark of the combined tides of Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher. They punch you in it, the face, and then it recedes, just so they a can tell, talk to you while you're knocked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, anyway, hey, I'm 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 Aaron Sorkin. Have you met Fincher? <laughs> now That's this us. scene, I, I want to talk about. I want to get started on this thread of thing that I'll, it'll probably continue throughout the entire film and, and spurts, but. Reading the script, and as someone who was a big fan of Aaron Sorkin, I was a fan of Aaron Sorkin in theory before I really realized who he was or what he had done, just because I like the idea of really fast, smart dialogue that's snappy, and it kind of leaves one person in the conversation a line behind the other. That's sort of his thing. And then at the end of a conversation, he'll have one character say, what was that you were saying about this? What did you mean by that? That happens in almost all of his projects. And then when I started watching his stuff, The American President and American President, whichever one it is, uh, uh, A Few Good Men, and then especially The West Wing. And then later I saw Studio 60, and I really love Studio 60. Um, I, I, I was like, I got to read one of these scripts. I got to see if you can smell it on the script that this guy is just this good at what he's doing. And when 
uh, it was Jeffrey Harrell from the forum who sent me whatever wherever he had gotten it from the social network script the the, the penultimate uh, draft it wasn't the shooting draft it was the we're going to shoot with this draft and then they kind of fucked it as they went I was like oh this is a thing and I stopped I was at work and I stopped working for 90 minutes to read this and I'm reading through it and this is the first scene I read and it really wasn't amazing the same words it's just you read it and it's just sort of it's just wordy. You've got to know. You've got to know that it's Aaron Sorkin. It's like you've got to read this at top speed. That's a, well, that's well, a, and I was do doing it. that, and I yeah. gave it to it, and I was, I was, I was almost blown away by how much not genius it seemed to me at the time, especially because I hadn't seen the Social Network. I didn't know what they were going to do with the soundscape, how they were going to inflate and deflate pacing moments and shit like that. And at the time, my opinion was, um, this is okay. And 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 the thought that crossed my mind immediately thereafter was, maybe Aaron Sorkin is just a smart guy who writes scripts. And he has directors make the actors talk I, fast. I, well, that I, was the first vibe. I was like, maybe this is just it was Tommy Schlamy all that, along. That he that, just writes. He just writes a lot of words, and he makes the directors keep the words and talk fast. That was the vibe I got, and it shocked I, me. I, I does, think, he, does he come from a theater background? Because yes. that's yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Because 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 the playwright has all the control. The playwright is the one who says you don't get to drop any of the words. This is how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed right. to say it fast. Mammoth's the same way. If you read Mammoth. If you read Mammoth on the page, it doesn't work, yeah. it, because because all the erms and I've heard that about and, Shakespeare too, and all this yeah. Shakespeare is exactly the same. Mammoth, uh, you've probably heard it from me because I feel like Mammoth. Uh, I've I've thought that about Shakespeare. It's uh, like, Shakespeare works on the page. It works okay, oh, but you, it but it you, comes you beardy man. Oh, Shakespeare, it does. Shakespeare comes much more With to life when you shirt. actually see it being. That's performed. true. That's true. Um, you don't need someone to explain Shakespeare to you when you're watching it the way you sometimes do when you're reading it right. on the page because you read um, it and it looks esoteric for the sake of being esoteric. Yeah. And and Mammoth is the same way. There's all these erms and uhs, and, yeah. and you know people are interrupting each other and losing their train of thought and stuff like that on the page, and it feels very affected and weird. But when someone performs when it, quality it's actor when is, a quality actor is performing it and makes it feel like those are just real moments, it's like, this is amazing. The yeah. script that I just turned in um, is 132 pages long, feature script. And everyone went, oh, my God. And I was like, you know, tell tell them – to read it fast. Yeah. Tell them to read it like it's a Sorkin yeah. script. It's like, because it literally is. I mean, I, I kept it to a minimum. I didn't like go crazy with it at all, but there are things where a character will go, wait, what? No, I don't, did you, what? I didn't understand. And it's not like I have 10 pages of that, but it's like, it's a lot of that going on. His characters are sort of having two different conversations and it's like, they're, they're, it's supposed to go fast, 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 fast. But None of these things are long. I, I think, now, can I, I, I just have to jump in real quick. If you haven't seen the, uh, the making of this is fast. This shot right here. This uh, big wide opening shot is the only actual shot of Harvard, right? And it's it's a total gorilla shot because they weren't allowed to get it. Um, it's so so you see that that little archway right the there arch with, the, with the with the mime. Yeah, the, apparently that that's a famous archway of and it's, Harvard. It, that, yeah, the famous Harvard. archway of Harvard. Oh, I I remember the archway. Well, that's that's, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's it's funny to hear that after the fact because watching this shot, it's totally like it, it's completely non right. remarkable in any way. But apparently, that's yeah. a very famous aspect of. The Harvard yeah. la- landscape, and so it didn't. So that's it, just an us problem that we don't know. Yeah, that really. it, it didn't pop well enough uh, in the actual shot. But they didn't have uh, filming rights. Harvard did not cooperate with them, yeah, they, the production of this movie the at only, all. The only way they got that shot was it's the only it's the only building that Harvard didn't own in the entire area, and they stuck three cameras on top and panoramaed it together. Mm-hmm. It, they, then, they literally panoramed it in post. That's a yeah. matte painting, and then they did the exactly. fake camera yeah. move? Exactly. That's yeah. but then, clever. But then, since okay. they couldn't even go on campus to light anything, 
Go. Tell the part that you want to tell because it's <laughs> so, awesome. So to, to make that little archway pop more than it, than it does, they couldn't set up any kind of lights whatsoever on the Harvard campus. So what they did was they hired a mime. They gave him this suit that was literally covered in light bulbs, and they told him to go perform right behind that archway because they knew it would take Harvard a minimum amount of time for, them, for Harvard to kick this guy off campus, and they just made sure they got the shot in that yeah. amount and of time. And they said, Jesse, run. And they, uh, and, they, and they action and they yeah. and so, oh, so that's, that's amazing. I, that's not even a crane shot. That's three locked off reds on and, top of a building. And the movement is all done in and post. The movement is all I, post. You know, if you in like in film school, I remember it was always kind of a big deal. And I've been part of film festivals where you know there's Q and A's with the filmmakers where people in the audience or there you know novice filmmakers are always saying you know like well how do how do you do this and did you did you grill it and there's there's kind of this mystique around grilling and grilling if that's a word <laughs> gorillaing gorillaing shots and kind of this mystique slash uh, stench on it like you're not supposed to do well, that there's, there's always this. There, there's like always got to be this. There's always a cleverness involved in getting gorilla shots. Most well, I of the think time, there's. You know? I think there's also a, this sense that oh well, I, I'll have to gorilla at first, but then when I make it, when I become right, David Fincher, right. I won't have to I'll gorilla. Never have to do that again. And yeah, and it's it's knowledge like that, knowing that yes, even David Fincher does. I, and I, I fully admit that I kind of had that same mindset at a certain point. It wasn't until I was a PA on a Walmart commercial a year or two ago where you are part of the problem. No, mm-hmm. it, where we went into a soccer game in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, and this Walmart commercial gorilla shots. Right, <laughs> and it was at that point like I'm fucking a Walmart commercial has resorted to gorilla they filmmaking. They have all the money they have, in the world. They can do whatever they want, and they're still you know. At that point, if, if Walmart is grilling shots, then there's absolutely no stigma to the yeah. no-budget filmmaker. Right. Next thing you know, it's you're John Lannis what, and you're killing actors. It's yeah. just what you have to but do. The, and and that's that's just about uh, any aspect. I mean, that's that was an, uh, a lesson to learn when doing visual effects as well. There's like this thing in your brain where it's like you do things a certain way and like I can't use light wrap for that that's not what light wrap is that's not right. but it's like if it looks right it is right. right there is no wrong way to make the shot you, as long as the shot gets if you gets get the done. shot it's yeah. odd you have because done it the right uh, way. this is a, a conversation that may or may not be dated it won't be it's on YouTube but there, we were talking before this episode about a fan film that just came out oh. recently called The Dark Resurrection Volume 0 I think that's the name of it I think it's an Italian fan film about 40 minutes long and there's a shot in a CG cave it's like a giant CG cave when you know the ship's kind of going through the cave. There's no lights on the ship. It's not even headlights. And there's a shot of the ship going through the sequence of the cave where it's going under like an L bend and we're kind of at the top of the L and it's going under the bend and we can't see it. And there is clearly a very bright CG source light under the bend that wouldn't be there but would if you were making a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see this CG shot of a fake CG light that for everything it's doing to tell you that it's a fake shot makes you think it's a real shot. Well, that, that's the rule behind lighting if any it kind looks of spaceship. Right, if it looks right, well, it's it is right. And apply effects. that to your CG shots, too. Yeah, uh, well, but but it's the same. It's like, however it. What's that rim light? It doesn't fucking yeah. matter. They however, expect it. However you need to get the shot, yeah. that's how you do it. Right. You know, and, and all that matters in the end is that you got the shot, whether right. you're David Sorkin or, you know, some, some Dog Me <laughs> 95. <laughs> David Sorkin. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I we've, just, had, we've had champagne. You know, I love, I love David Sorkin. He's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Sorry, David Fincher. I'm a bigger fan uh, of Aaron Fincher. Aaron Fincher's a yeah. dick. I, I loved Fight Wing. It was amazing. <laughs> 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 very, uh, very well played, sir. Her <laughs> Studio 3 was good, too, as well. The, uh, oh, I, I, very, very briefly, I'd just like to say, as someone who has been 
there are, uh, I'm as you might be able to guess a very esoterically musically interested person there's I, I'm a big fan of Billy uh, just the, the Comets and Otis Redding and also KMFDM and Rammstein and everything in between and, and I've been and that no <laughs> party nope. rock is in the house nope. I worked on one of their things and I never got paid <laughs> not oh, LMAO nope LMAO. Um, the tide is high. Uh, I've, I've been, Andy, man. Of all those, uh, my top three bands throughout it are like Queen, Ben Folds 5, and Nine Inch Nails, which don't belong in the same person's favorite three bands of all time category. I don't know if I necessarily agree that they don't. But, well, uh, Nine Inch Nails and Queen, I can see a direct yes. line between. Yes. I can see that. Yeah, sure. Anyway, but as a modern listener, it's like, okay, so Seven Seas of Rye, uh, we're in this together now. And selfless, cold, and composed. Okay, sure. But uh, as someone, I, I'm not a Nin fan. I'm a Nin aficionado. I'm a, I'm a Nin fag, as we say on the show. I love, and I was so fucking psyched about the score. And I think they did the exact right thing with it, where it's 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 all texture. There's melody there, but it's 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 mostly just a soundscape kind of thing. There's a lot of drone well, use in this, and it's just everything it's, about it's, it is just so it's weird always... and cool. There's always a sort of. It's all, it's music that Which is, is straightforward nin shit, but it's music that is always in service of the story and what is happening on screen. Yeah, aside right. from aside from the Hall of the Mountain King, the music where doesn't it announces call, itself. Where it announces itself, it's a music exactly. video. Yeah. It doesn't call attention to itself. Like right. I came out of it going, I didn't really notice the score, and to me, that's a successful score. And when you right. listen to it, it's it's great writing music. It's yeah. great in your car music. And what's really cool about but it, but I but I, I I had the same thing. But it, I knew, and I had the conscious thought of I. I can feel the music, and I can feel but you're how not distracted. it's. But I'm not distracted by it, and I can feel how it's affecting the scene and how it's pulling me in one emotion or the other. And what's really interesting about it, um, this is just an opinion thing. This isn't even a music theory thing. But what's really interesting is that there's a heavy use of, in addition to the the 1994 to 96 Nine Inch Nails sounding drone drone ambient sound. There's also a lot of heavy, even non Nine Inch Nailsy synth use like Roland D50 80s style synth use which I think would put this movie in 15-20 years aside from the fact that it's clearly a love letter to 2000s era uh, thought I think it'll make it a timeless movie because the Mm -hmm. soundtrack does not sound like now or then or 10 years prior it sounds like but the they, social network. Okay, you're saying this will be towns. What I'm saying is, I th- as, I think as, as a result of that, like if you watch The Firm or even A Few Good Men, uh, the soundtrack is done in these really. We just figured out how to do this with the synthesizer kind of sound. I don't think this is going to have that sound because the synthesizer well, sounds are 30 years old. It's just this weird picture of nothing that it invented its own identity. Right, the, but uh, if if this movie feels dated, it's not going to be in a bad way. But it is because it's like. A perfect. A lot of people were saying, you know, it's a movie of of a generation and blah blah blah. And and as as pretentious as that is, um, it's it's, it's it's essentially accurate. It is a movie about this time in history. It is a movie about like the mid to late two thousands. Discovering the consequences um, of your online presence. And exactly. Just, exactly. Just jumping in. By the way, quick, we, somewhere somewhere in here, are you going to? I was going to say the Stolies. The Stolies brothers. Just just one. Just Robert. No, both of them are there. No, they're both. They're both in it. How no, do you know? There, that's there he is. That's them. Yeah. No, they were both there. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're both, both in them, but there's only, only one of them that gets credited. Remember no, that first episode credited. of the intermission where we're yeah. talking about the Force.net fan film yeah. community? They're with us on that. For the yeah. longest time. They, they are 
two of the most annoyingly prolific filmmakers yeah, you'll ever come across awesome. in your life. They, they, yeah, they're they, the kind of guys like every six months films. they come out with something that looks amazing. You're for like, yeah. for a little Fuck while, it was like every two months. I'm yeah. like, what the and hell? And then they know they're in the social network. And now they're in the social network. But um, the Her, they they talk about uh, this uh, character. I, I don't remember the actress's Emily. name. Emily. Oh, I don't know what her actress. I don't know what the actress's name, but the character's name is Emily. And how you know they needed to cast somebody who didn't ha- had very very little screen time, but still needed to make this impression because in the story she drives. You mean uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo? Yes, you're right. Yeah, okay. the girl that's going to be the girl with the dragon tattoo. <gasps> Ro- Another good trailer, Rooney. Um, Mara Rooney. Mara Rooney. And how she needed to, she had all this very little amount of screen time, but still needed to make this impression because she's ultimately, according to the story, is the one that drives all the creation yeah, of Facebook. She actually is the which is not right. really reflective of reality, but that's uh, as far as the movie. But concerns. thematically, that's, thematically, yeah. that's just that's fuck, forget the source material. Make a good movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. True. Absolutely true. Um, <laughs> that's a weird in the context of a real story. Yeah. But that I think that one shot that we that we passed she's sum, kind of misty. sums it up so much. Yeah. yeah, it sums up her ability to do that so well. Where somebody tells her, oh, "This is, you know, he blogged about you and he called you a bitch on his blog," and just she's stunned the, and crying. Yeah, the look and the mix of emotions. It's like it's yeah. it's it's being able to play like seven different things in your brain at yeah. once and yeah. have all of them to be able to read yeah. so clearly. It's interesting how in the if you look in the making of she talks about that especially that opening scene where they did ninety nine takes of that yeah. opening conversation scene, um, where she she talks about you know I've never really worked that way before and you get the impression she's not pleased at having yeah. to work that way right. but then she turned around and signed up to do Girl with a Dragon Tattoo with Fincher yeah. so obviously she didn't hate the experience that much if you're working with like fucking George Lucas yeah. and you're like I don't like George want to do another movie yeah yeah, I don't like George <laughs> and that last Star Wars movie was stupid you want to come back you want yes. another billion yes. dollars I yeah, guarantee okay. you this is what happened she it's the, the analogy for me more is Jim Cameron boy that was the worst job I ever had I would, totally work, I would totally work for that guy again I, yeah, exactly. she, she was Yeah, I guarantee you yeah you know 99 takes and you know, kind of ugh, ugh. and then her agent called and said, hey, great news. David Fincher wants you to be the girl with the dragon tattoo. And she went, yeah, but I don't. And the agent went, shut the fuck up. You're going to be the <laughs> yeah. girl with the dragon no, tattoo. No, no, yeah. you don't understand. You don't get I wasn't opinion. asking you. Yeah. I was telling, telling you, you we just signed. Yes. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, actors actually can choose yeah. to not do a role. They actually do have that ability. But uh, other than um, probably. Someone tell that to Halle Berry. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just chooses badly. And, but, and look, uh, it's the girl from Community. Oh, uh, I, I know her from The Office. Yeah, oh, because I, have, well, I, don't, I don't watch either one of those shows. She's but not I knew she was on one of them. But, okay, um, The Office then. The, uh, also, Quincy but, Jones's daughter. Quincy yeah. Jones and, and, and Peggy Lipton. Yeah. And she's on uh, Parks and Rec now. Yeah, I do want to say we were. Uh, I mean, we we. She's on all those mockumentary comedy shows. Yeah, she's the, on all those single the, camera shows. That that scene that went by very, you know, the the opening that I guess didn't really go by very quickly. I mean, it's fifteen minutes of screen time, but uh, it feels quick because it's a very quick, fast paced so movie. Fast. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it, yeah, it, the, this is a well paced movie, but it keeps the pace up. You mm-hmm. know, it's not too fast, but it's certainly not slow. Hey, look, a visual effect. Yeah. But um, what I what I was uh, Where, yeah, we'll get is, to that, that. is that green screen tray? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. well, hold on, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, all I all I wanted to say was that um, there's a lot of thematic things kind of quietly going on there mm-hmm. as well. Um, first of all, there's the whole aspect of him blogging as he does it, and and which like is in, which is all literally true. Yeah, it, which yeah. is word for word from his blog, which right. is literally true. But at the same time, they work it into a theme where it's like exactly like Teague was saying. It's like coming to terms with the consequences of an online presence, coming to terms with the consequences of the whole. world world can see everything you do now and that's not just a zuckerberg thing that's talking about everybody right. and that's what makes this movie so relevant about our generation and, and relevant yeah, yeah exactly it's like people zuckerberg was was on the the forefront of people who were in a position where everyone was watching them and they didn't realize it until it was too late and it unfortunately and, uh, started with this 
awful at social interaction guy. Yeah, and 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 that's what our generation is about. We're still kind of we're still figuring that out. Figuring out everyone can see what we're doing, and and but there's the one other thing with uh with Mark and Eduardo. Eduardo comes in and and Mark is like, "I I need you. I need your help." He's like, "Hey, I'm here for you." He's like, "No, I need your algorithm." So it's like Mark needs. A thing from him, Eduardo wants to be a friend yeah. to him. Right. No, it's know? extremely, and it's extremely efficient, and, and even more so, pretty much every important information you need is in that opening conversation with the two of them. Yeah. Down to it, down to it, including her saying that she likes guys who row crew, which then echoes right. later when he he, he, he instantly hates the Winklevi for yeah. no reason other than they, they row crew. <laughs> but then crew. he's also sort of intrigued, and he's like, yeah, I've got a minute. Yeah, but he's got a minute because he goes, maybe I can fuck your life up. He's already looking to screw them, is what the movie implies. Ooh, I didn't catch that. Like, That's interesting. Yeah, oh, your guys at the row crew. Yeah, let me find out what your trip is all about. So. Something interesting, and I, I, we were a little bit past it now. I didn't want to interrupt. We also missed the My Three Sons reference they just did, but go ahead. But... Um, my uh, the one line one in the movie that I have an issue with is here's the line and I'll tell you my change. The line is we're genetically identical. Science says we should stay in the same place. No, awful line. Better line. We're genetically identical. We should stay in the same place. Fixed it. Stop anthropomorphizing science. It doesn't work. Every time you say it in a line, I cringe. Just <laughs> stop. In fact, how about this? Write your script and don't use the word science. Let's just see how you do. Science says we'll stay in the same place. Fuck you. Just, we'll stay in the same place. Well, they are Harvard rowing guys. Maybe they're not exactly science majors. <laughs> yeah. So. Ma- yeah, I, I know, mean, but I wish they hadn't they're said They're probably it. political science you know, It's, it's It sounded to me like a line and not like a uh, nice work, Michael. dialogue. Thank you. Good job. I you opened open the champagne without noise or overfill. Awesome. So. That's a skill. <laughs> there, there's your noise and overfill. Well, well done, man. So, yeah, and I, I like the little detail here about uh, where he's talking about how, yeah, my mistake was... My mistake was that I had the blog and I should have made the reference about farm animals. Like, no, okay, no. <laughs> you, your you mistake totally was the wrong lesson. your mistake was you're a dick. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mistake. But yes, he's taking that I, I I accidentally let them see that I'm a dick, yeah. and right. I recognize that people don't like that. It's about me. And and again, that's the whole thing about about you know the world right now. People are like, oh, people, you know, the internet makes people such assholes and blah blah. blah. It's like, no, no, people have always been assholes. It's just the internet lets you see that <laughs> yeah. in a way that we never did before. And then there's a trade-off of that where there's a, a parallel kind of phenomenon that other people have remarked on, that the internet makes everyone, we're all performing. Mm-hmm. It's like because we're all able to kind of, to a certain extent, craft the image we're putting yeah. forth. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, about you, what you retweet or what you say on Facebook, you know, and I can come up with the perfect thing. Now, maybe it still makes you look like an asshole, but you still get to edit the <laughs> you way you're decide. perceived yeah. by your supposed peer it's, group. It's, because it, it's not different than, how people really are in face-to-face interaction it just it heightens it in in a sense because it's not like i think the internet has a a a a distinct uh distilling ability yes i think i think it heightens and distills kind of the essence of what it it means to be a human being in a certain way smiley faces huh well i lol lol yeah Nine, nine cat no in the sense that like like you were just saying trey you know, you can decide to be an asshole. Or you can, you know, you are performing, which is not any different from the way we spend most of our days. Because when, you, whenever you're in front of anybody, you're deciding what kind of person you want to be and how you want that person to, to view you. There's something about that extra layer of disconnectedness and inter, not you know, non-personal uh, layer that it, that the internet puts up. But there, but there's the other aspect of it, the, the other um, way you can look at it philosophically, which is. On the other side of the coin, I think 
the internet also makes people more honest and more themselves because they're yeah. not face to face. There's not the weirdness of what is this person going to think of me? You're throwing out words to text boxes that also seem to have personalities, you know? So, so you let your guard down a lot more mm-hmm. in that yeah. sense. So there's this weird balance where you're putting on it's, a performance and you're heightening your personality, but you're also being more honest about who you are. It is very paradoxical. Yeah. It's, it's doing both things at once. Yeah. This, uh, by the you way, mentioned Pandora. Bah, 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 bah. This, uh, this, That's uh, not Pandora. That's a. Uh... No, you're right. That is Pandora. I was thinking something else. It's, it's a precursor to Pandora. By the way, that's uh, Max Minghella is the son of Anthony Minghella, the now late film director, who directed things like The English Patient. No like relation that. to Joseph Minghella, right? No. Okay, good. Just not check. even close. That's spelled different, but said similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Minghella, not Minghella. What's weird is I get a I get a tap at that moment where he's talking about. He says something that makes your brain go. He thought of Pandora five years before Pandora was a thing. I, I got a similar tap of that on, uh, there was a documentary about Apple. It might have been the one you were talking about earlier, Mike, where there's a guy they're interviewing. He's this really kind of wacky, fun, Dr. Oaken kind of guy. And he's talking about how he came up with this idea for uh, MP3 software that was connected to an online store in the context of an Apple documentary. And he's just sort of like, oh, are you full of shit? That's amazing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what I was going to talk about on the, on the scene prior um, where he's in the lecture hall and he gets the you suck or you dick. Uh, note passed to him what's going on in that scene I always like those moments where the teacher's kind of talking and the student you're watching has sort of like half their attention on the guy and the other half of his attention elsewhere and then as he walks out the teacher says something pithy like oh yeah you suck and then the the, the, te- the kid as he's leaving says this and it's completely right and he leaves like you know the kind of a drop of mic kind of I win that feels kind of tropey who's troping for it, that, that it does, does. That does a little, it's a little obvious but you know okay but what that reminds me of and I want to talk about this a little bit because it had not occurred to me I use the word relationship in an interesting way in the show, but what's the relationship this movie has with Goodwill Hunting? Is it is it similar at all? It does, I mean, it, I, I smell similarities, but is it like the the, the similarities are superficial because okay. they're not telling the same story. They're they're not getting no, at the same know, point. So superficial similarity being they, they, brilliant kid in academic situation, they, no one appreciates him, and he proves them wrong. Essentially, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, they're they're getting at different stories. Goodwill Hunting is about you know seeing the potential in people that society says blah blah blah. You know he's a janitor, so what what this does is he almost know? exactly and, the yeah, opposite. Yeah. And whereas yeah, whereas <laughs> this is yeah, he's the a, ones he's, who deserve it shouldn't get it. See, yeah, talking about filmmaking craft, and I, I'd be actually curious to see the script because the scene we're watching right now is actually two completely different scenes and times right. that is cut together as if it's one long conversation. You mean the, the separate depositions? Yeah. Being just, cut, yeah. yeah it's, it's one I scene, mean, but they, we're literally switching back and forth between two different completely different depositions. I forget, different which, depositions. I forget I which email com- it to you right now. I forget which commentary yeah, I've got it is. I've it on the iPad, so I'm going to look at it It's either Sorkin's or, or Fincher saying that, um, or maybe it was one of the actors, I forget. But somebody was saying that, yeah, a lot of those those cuts exist in the script. Yes, they those do. Jumps, which, they which do. Makes, yeah. I'm curious how that makes the script to read. Right, it's like you know well, you're sort of following this line. Like I said, and, I wasn't blown away, but I didn't exactly the the, the bigger paradigm shift. By the way, shift by the way does everyone know the story of the actor on the right? Mr. Uh, Dylan, no. they actually, Mr. Joseph oh, Mazzello? Uh, Mazzello, Mr. Mazzello, playing um, the character of Dylan. There's a good, there's a good number of cut twos, yeah, which okay. you don't see very often. Yeah, cut right. Two, but this, but, that's that's but kind of a, a verboten in screenwriting parlance. Yeah, well, you so know, when we, you're when you're not Aaron Sorkin, just to cover it, do we we know the story of Mr. Mazzello? 
Well, we'll Jurassic get there. Park we'll get there. Guy. We got plenty of time. We're what, kind what, of wait, what don't we know that I, I'm like he's a Jurassic Park guy? What's the other? Yeah, that, there you it. go. Yeah, okay. everyone knows. He he okay. tried to hide the fact that he right. was a Jurassic Park. Fincher didn't Fincher know didn't until know the movie like, was like, almost like, over. Yeah. It's like, wait, you're the kid from Jurassic Park? Yeah. And Mazzella was like, yes, I'm the fucking kid from Jurassic <laughs> Park. And he's great in this. He's, he's so great. funny. No, I I actually he, he he became my front runner when they were talking about hypothetical casting for the script I just did. I said Joe Mazzello. Joe Mazzello is the guy I would want. Anyway, go ahead. But yeah, the 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 cut twos. You don't generally put them in because things have moved away from directing on the page. Right. But in situations like that, it's actually important to make it clear. It's like, no, this is an immediate cut. This is the same scene. Right. The, you have to we're, we're not going to an establishing shot to tell the audience that yeah. time has passed. We're, this is yeah, the feel, th- This is a through line of action. Yeah, the feeling, the feeling is that it's a through line, like you say. Yes. We're, not, we're not creating new scenes. This is right. meant to feel like the same scene in two locations. Even though it's technically because you know, the screenwriting technique, the form... So you know, anytime you change time or location, that's automatically a new scene. Even yeah. if it's you know from one room to Unless another, you say cut to continuous. Well, sometimes well, no, no. Sometimes it's like a punchline to your cut. Well, that, well no, that was saying, my question: well, was, does it have a slug line every time it goes back to? Yes, you know, and, and that's the, the thing. Yeah. thing. Yeah, which might, must, seems like it would make it hard so, to read. But. So the idea would you know if if you didn't have the cut twos, the the reader would be more likely to think that more time is passing than the than the actual impression you get from watching the actual movie. Yeah, it has it has slug lines. Uh, just looking at it now, it has slug lines. But what it does, that's also um, kind of fr- a little bit frowned upon. But in this situation, it makes sense. When you're Iron Sorkin, it's fine. Generally, well, even in this, you know, uh, generally speaking, you don't want to go. You don't want to have a slug line and then go straight to dialogue. You want to like have a line say of action happening. to yeah, kind right. of say what's what's happening. But he establishes that the first time, and then he just goes back and forth mm-hmm. with the slug lines. But then he skips right to the dialogue. Okay, so there's no like so and so's wearing a blue sweater and yeah, sitting comfortably. Exactly. Okay, right. well that yeah, yeah that would at least better. not every time. Yeah, the first you know the first, the first time, time they're like they're sitting around a conference yeah. table. Uh, it's yeah. into it, it literally says interior first deposition room. You know. Uh, mark with whoever it is. Uh, and then it skips to the next one, into your second deposition room, mark with whoever. And then first deposition room, second deposition room, back and forth. Right. So. Oh, wow. And, and trying to email this to uh, Trey, which I'm doing right Send now. Send it to me, too, if you don't mind. It didn't occur to me. It Actually, I emailed it to Jeff Harrell. I got it from uh, actually a, a script reader intern that I know. So oh. maybe it wasn't even a leak. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I th- I'm pretty sure it's online. There are websites that, that, yeah. that uh, collect... Online scripts. Yeah. There was one called Drew Scriptorama, which is which is still yeah. around. And sometimes they crack down on them because some studios don't. And want And sometimes that to they crack down. Um, but there's one, uh, the the a really big one lately, um, that's really expanded is called MyPDFScripts.com. I don't know if they have the social network. I can check right now on you know the iPad, but uh, they have a lot of scripts. So uh, not just this one, but if you're interested in reading screenplays, go on over there and see if they have it. Because they and if have you're not, you should be because it's interesting to read a script for a movie you know back of your hand because that automatically gives you kind of a juxtaposition for what a screenplay is versus what a movie is. Yeah, it's interesting to see how how it was written and how it appeared on the screen. And there there are often movies that I watch that are you know especially movies that I really enjoy. Um, but they're really kind of quirky and weird. That I go, how did they write this? How, how was this on the page before do you, they did And how this? do you translate this from little squiggles of black ink on a white yeah. page to to sound and pictures? Yeah, I actually applied to work on this. And movie. magnets, how do they work? Yeah, fucking but magnets. Tide comes in, tide comes out, never miscommunication. Yeah. <laughs> you can't explain that. You can't explain that. Yeah. You can't explain that. I applied to work on this movie, and I Social never heard network? anything. Yeah, oh. you did. Line. I did, yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. What was the story there? I just I was getting uh, job notification things from uh, 
from my film school saying, "Here, the, here's these postings," and, and I was like, "Fucking social network, goddamn right, I'm applying for that one." And so I, I even, I even put more effort into it than I usually do of writing out an email like. A huge fan, Fincher fan and Sorkin fan, and be awesome to work That's on. That's probably what screwed you. Though. Yeah, like, probably. Oh Christ! Yeah, okay. Probably. No, no, oh, I'm no. certain it did. But this guy's gonna try and talk to them. We just <laughs> want him to bring the coffee. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's the, that was the case. But that that, that was always the the th- like. I was I, I've actually stopped getting them, and I I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but uh, for a long time, I was getting. Maybe the school has just stopped doing it. But for a long time, I was getting regular bulletins of like these are the job leads that production companies have given my film school and then my film school passes them on to to the students and so it's you know email this person apply for whatever movie and it's like what do you really write for a cover letter to apply to be a production assistant on any fucking giving mo- given movie <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck do you want me to say like yeah. you're supposed to write a, some kind of cover letter slash email uh, to distinguish you as a human being from the other masses of human beings. With these really arty directors, you have like a 50-50 shot at just trying to explain their prior movies to them. But but that's... I, mean, I would David, say that's David, a bad way to go. David Fincher does I not would too, the but then assistants. Steve Reedy was talking on the fountain about how he was like the first yeah. guy there and he's like, okay, I might be wrong, but I think it's this, 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 this. And Aronofsky was like... But, but that was after but, the movie Reedy was done. He yeah. wasn't trying to get a job. Yeah, but Reedy was not true. applying to work on the movie. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, the, it's not like the director hires the production assistants. The line producer hires the production assistants. Yeah, the director, and, and even if he did, the director doesn't hire... The director hire the, can fire the production yeah. assistants. The director true. doesn't hire the production assistants because they get him. They, he right. hires them because they've they got get a him car coffee. that works, and they know how to get coffee without mm. spilling it down his shirt. That, w- that was probably So you should probably problem. put that yeah. in a cover letter. I think that's what you... Come yeah. on, we both know what this job entails. <laughs> I won't, like, fawn over you. I won't take clandestine pictures of your set, and I won't stroke. I won't spill hot coffee on you. Are we good? What more do you want? <laughs> Anything else? I'll just learn that would, as that we would go. actually. I wonder if that would get you any. If you basically did Morgan Freeman's speech from the yeah. end of yeah. Shawshank Redemption, that's like, you, listen, this job sucks. I don't fucking care. We all know what this is. We all know that this job fucking sucks. I'm willing to do it. You just don't want a person. Yeah. You want a monkey. Yes, yeah. I'm that. I am that. I monkey. will be that monkey for you. <laughs> Because I want to help, in my small part, get this movie made. The end. Because I want, I want to, for once in my goddamn life, work on something I can actually be proud of at the <laughs> end of the day. Even if it was just the coffee. That yeah. might actually play into the ego a little bit. After that like shock of reality, just go, I want to work on something that's going to be good. I'll okay. do whatever you want. So... Uh, Which let's... I still have, I have yet to do. I have yet to work on anything <laughs> that I would actually spend my own time watching or my own money paying for. <laughs> Sad, isn't Which it? Which I think might change in the near future. I hope to God. I've actually found that quite a bit in my professional life as well. Most of the projects I've worked on, they're like, so how is that? I'm like, I don't know. I had no I interest would, in I would actually never, seeing I've it. Never actually, it. The, the first feature I worked on out here is finally, you know, I, that was 2008 this movie shot, um, right after the election is finally playing in a limited run in some theater in Santa Monica, and I have to go see it before it leaves whatever fucking theater it's in. But anyway, that's a complete random tangent. Let's talk about casting. Okay. Andrew Garfield. I love uh, him. At this point in history, he was like the guy who was in the Parnassus movie, and he was in an episode of Doctor Who that I remember seeing. But generally, Andrew Garfield was like a nobody, and then all of a sudden it's like, that's a somebody right there. I really love him in this movie, and now he's, he's Spider-Man. Well, in, in Tropic Thunder, I said Robert Downey Jr. was on that short list of men I wish I was gay for. Andrew Garfield is at the top of that list. Really? I'm, I I'm, want that man to be my boyfriend. I'm, I'm okay. Hey, I'm right in there with you, <laughs> honestly. 
Lisa. I don't know. I don't know if he's at. If if I meet him, I'll tell him he's at the top. I don't know if he's at the top, but I'll tell him. I'll tell him he's close to it. Are, are you are you okay with polyamorous relationships? Because like, we can fucking yeah, we can work something out. That, that, then you wouldn't have to be as gay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you could probably I'm do probably just on the weekends. You could probably do the less gay parts <laughs> and let the gay people do the you gay can parts. Just, you can just pay for you pay for the dinner, and then I'll deal with the gay parts. Because when you're in a threesome, someone's actually not having sex. That's how that works, really. So oh. if you could just be that guy who's really not having the sex. I just I have to apologize again to my poor mother who listens to these <laughs> just to hear the sound of my voice. My, my I'm mom, so sorry, Mom. My mom does the same thing. But seriously, Brian's mother. <laughs> what Brian is trying to say. Would it be better if he was talking about all the girls he was having yeah. sex with? Like, really? That makes oh, you more yeah, comfortable? Oh, yeah. I would totally love to have a threesome with I just with, like with, watching with, Andrew yeah. Garfield. I think his performance is very compelling. I think his he's performance great. is he's very great. compelling, and he's adorable. I don't know <laughs> if I want to have um, sex with him, but he's a fine act. I would. But uh, <laughs> here, here comes that kid from uh, Jurassic Park again. But uh, the uh, – yeah, because I remember – when uh when it was announced that he was going to be Spider-Man. He's going to be Spider-Man and I had he was in a uh, like a uh, an indie mo- you know uh indie British movie called Boy A that I've only seen like I've seen like half of but he's very good in it. Um but uh yeah, he was announced as Spider-Man and everyone was like, "Who?" And then this came out and then I saw Parnassus and I saw the half of Boy A that I got to watch. The reason I didn't finish it was cuz I was watching it at at work like because sometimes i watch movies at work and there's like this there's like a sex scene where you it's not like graphic but he's still like you know he's naked and the girl's naked and stuff like that i'm like cannot have that at work and i haven't <laughs> nsfw yeah and i haven't got strange days for the first time at work yeah well nice. i well I watched, i'm watching i'm like this is cool i like this of barrels on fire in the street that's utopia i watched some movie with a <laughs> lot of future oh, barrels on fire. Oh, wait a minute i watched some movie with a lot of like uh you know a lot of tna at work one time and i was kind of freaked out about it until i was like it, but i was working on piranha at the time i was like wait that's <laughs> it's reference that's what's on my screen yeah. right now that's Our job is worse than my this. job right now yeah. no one is going of, yeah, to look do, at me do sideways. you think people browsing uh like reddit or the internet whatever at like vivid do they do they care about not safer workplace <laughs> exactly they're <laughs> like oh i can't fucking um dodson is pointing out some tropes in the chat room he wasn't uh he didn't volunteer, and I didn't ask him to, but he's he's stepping up to the plate, and I appreciate it. God well, then he you, volunteered, sir. technically. Well, I guess so, yeah. Uh, he's, just, he's just living up to the rule, above and beyond the call. Uh, uh, his uh, his jealousness of uh, Edward is getting uh, to the Eduardo. green monster trope. Eduardo, sorry. Mm-hmm, yeah. And this one in particular is a eureka moment, which, yep. Yeah. That's and, a really and status aspect yeah, of the and, eureka and moment. Yeah. Anyway, to finish my thought, uh, basically – Heard that he was going to be Spider-Man, like, who the fuck? And then I saw all this stuff. I'm like, he can be anything he wants to. <laughs> that I'm absolutely fine with it. Not just because I'm like, oh, dude, t- t- fucking totally, call me. But uh, also because he's just great. He's a yeah. really great actor. And he actually has a a very nice, would, mm, very subtle, like, physicality in this role that you don't even really, I didn't even pick up on it until people in the commentaries that I watched mentioned it. Uh, he's he's always doing like these little pirouettes and kind of dance yeah. because he is a dancer. Yeah. Subtlety in what he does. If you haven't seen Never Let Me Go, I need to see that. Oh, I want to see no, it really he's badly. Amazing. Yeah, he has, like, I need to see what that. What is like he has the biggest male role, but it's so subtle. And I've read the book, uh-huh. and he he's really the only guy who nails it. Okay, I need to, I need to see that. Is it out? Is Never Let Me Go? Uh, I, we saw it in theaters. I don't think, it's right. probably out now. It's Great out. conversation. Great yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll look it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, is it thing? I don't cool know. Story. It's good. Cause you, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Um, I I am super jazzed for the new Spider-Man for a number of reasons, and he is definitely one of them. Yeah, because he's he's. We know gone, how much you like Spider-Man. He's got it. Well, he's, I well I. Spider-Man is a great fucking character, and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man has none of what is awesome about Spider-Man. Andrew, Andrew Garfield just naturally has the right kind of charm to him. Yes, you know that 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 comes through in Spider-Man, which which Tobey Maguire Michael's they, got they a boyfriend. <laughs> I do not, not, but oh man, not yet. I wish. Not fingers crossed, though. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. But um, uh, yeah, it's well, it's it's just like a young Robert Downey Jr. or something. Please don't get involved in drugs, please. Um, <laughs> I would be so sad. <laughs> drugs but, are bad. Yeah, but um, they're very fun. But yeah, they're it's bad. just it's just one of he's one of those people where it's like I would just watch him do anything, <laughs> you yeah. know. Okay, so what's happening now? Oh, yeah. So he's, here's your he's, he's discovering, like, yeah. Oh, 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 you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. So this actor is not Indian at all. He's not. And they tanned him up he, for the role. He's British, yeah. They they sprayed him. They sprayed him. There's a number of Brit- – Andrew Garfield is Andrew another Garfield one is also, who – Everyone's British. Yeah. <laughs> the, the entire cast of the Batman my, movies is British. My, no, one's, my, no one's an American. My actor friend actually complains about this rather loudly – Often about how all the British actors are taking all the actors. No one on Terra Nova. No one on Terra Nova is American either. They're they're all British or Irish or whatever. Wait, what's Stephen Lang? Stephen Lang is the is the one. He's the exception. I was like, seriously, he's hiding an accent while he does that. He's Haitian. That's amazing. He's actually Haitian. You're right. He he is. He's actually Martian. His accent is the the main character. The dad is Irish. The 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 mom is is British. Okay, so let's talk about these two. Which is actually this one. This one guy. His name is Army Hammer. Army well, Hammer. Well, that's because his real name is Armand Hammer. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's named after Armand Hammer, the famous industrialist. I, I don't know his Who created Armand Hammer. His I name believe, is yeah. Army Hammer. Yeah. How hardcore do you have to be when you're six foot twenty-five? Army Hammer. And all jaw. You're also named. It's like when Dick Army was a name that we cared about. Yeah. His, his name is Army Hammer. Yeah. Yep. It's just like. There's, My name I, is Hardwood Flooring. I gotta say, we were going on. We were going Chuck Steak. We were going on about uh, Andrew Big Garfield. Huge. There's a lot of fucking handsome people in this movie. I gotta say, yeah. they picked they they cast it very well in that sense as well. What about but on this podcast, the point, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 so patronizing. Sure. 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 <laughs> and it worked. Waves hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, you're very pretty. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. Say I'm pretty. The bigger well, well, the bigger note is that Army Hammer is playing both of the Winklevi, which weirdly became like just accepted. It's like sure that is how you pluralize yeah. those that. guys. Yeah. The one thing for this, for, they enjoyed the movie. Yeah. They, 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 you're gonna record. They enjoyed the movie. They thought it was fun. Um, they thought it was reasonably accurate. You know, which is true because most of it comes from trans- transcripts right. and depositions. Um, but uh, but yeah, they are going to be the fucking Winklevi for the rest no, of their lives. Everyone everyone laughed at that, and immediately was, was like, "That's how that's, that's how that's, that's it. it has to go. That's how that's, you say it." Yeah. Um, as soon as that came up, but I'm really excited and proud of this guy, and happy for the technology and for Fincher for being able to yeah. pull it off. But I'm also kind of bummed out about the other guy. What I'm trying, well, what I'm he, trying he to get, get his, which, he does get just one appearance. We've, we've we've slightly buried the lead here. For those who don't know, again, Army Hammer is playing both of the Winklevi. And it's not a simple, like, split-screen thing. There is another guy. Sometimes it's split-screen. Sometimes it's split-screen, but a lot of, but, but a number of times it is a face replacement of another guy who has the same build, build right. as Army Hammer, who, is, uh, uh, who, who has had his face replaced. And honestly, it, it's – I can't tell. 
Right. A lot of times yeah. they totally yeah. they totally shot. There's a couple shots specifically like when they first approach Mark, and there's the one guy like wearing the thing on his head, that weird hat thing, the earmuff, earmuff thing. thing. Yeah. That one is a little bit like a little bit head bobbing, and, and yet that's a split screen. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty. No, I've seen I've seen shots of that where it's the other. Well, no, guy, the, the so one where they're coming down when they're coming down the street, which is right, right after. That's that's a digital. Right, now, right, right. Now, Trey, you've been to the to the visual effects bake off several times. You yes. talked about it. Were you there for this one by any chance? I'm trying to remember if this was in the final seven. I don't think it was. I don't think it this was. didn't make it in. No. Which, okay. which which honestly which is, is like a high bit five. Rocked. Fuck you. Well, be, uh, the reason I ask is because because well, this is not enough. Well, yeah, the, the reason I ask is because, as you've talked about before, you know the the way the visual effects Bake Off is set up is you can't show, uh, can't show before and after. You can't yeah. show before and after. You can't show a comparison. So of the you work that you, you wouldn't have did. no idea what you were looking at. Exactly. In the if you saw the same. And so, by the way, if you ever watch any visual effects artist demo reel, it's nothing but breakdowns. Yeah. It's before yeah. and look at my fucking which awesome it has to self. Be, yeah. Like, yeah. Which that's is what I, you're I mean, doing. I, I've got a, I've got a number. When you get to the level where you're doing amazing, perfect visual effects, the point is. How, Look at this I've got, shit that I've got I did. A, I've got a number of the shots. The point on, is, how invisible can you make it? I've got a number of shots on my reel that I couldn't get the plate for, but it was like, I and so I have to write it on the breakdown. I'm like, you do not understand just yeah. by looking at it. Do you just do like this, arrows? Like this is fake. I did this. I did that. I did yeah. that. I've seen I the ones that did that like that, and that was really that was a good way to do it. Because it's also important if you're doing any, if you if your job quick quick segue is if your job involved working at a company and it wasn't like. You know, a shot gets handed to you and you see it all the way through. It's also very important to delineate what you did on the yes, shot. Yes, and, what you, and specifically what you didn't do because yeah. you can yeah. piss off your friends on Facebook real fast. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen yeah. guys lose, like, haul their networks of friends. Or you can just have a simple misunderstanding where, you know, people do check up and they go, did this guy animate that, that thing? He's like, no. Nope. It's like, well... I wasn't he claiming I animated claimed, it. Yeah. I was the compositor, but you didn't make that clear in your. Yeah, you thing. didn't make that clear. Even though I'm applying as a compositor, I say I'm a yeah. compositor. But if you don't delineate, I did not do the animation. Then yeah. you seem like you're taking the credit. I recall uh, talking to Ryan about that on our VFX and You episode, which is still tinyearl.com/slash/vfxandyou of geeks. Uh, where uh, Ryan is a compositor, and that's all he. That's not all he does, but that's all he says he does, right? And when you look at his reel, there's no. Uh, you know, compositing this guy, that, that, the other thing. Like, on my reel, I do everything. I'm a kind of a generalist. I'm not at Ryan's level of compositing. I'm not at Ryan's level for any of those things, but I do all of them a little bit. And I have to say, I modeled those. I, I textured that kind of thing. Yeah. And if you don't have that, you can get into trouble. There's a great trope that Dodson points out yeah, uh, called identical twin ID tag. Where you have identical twins in a movie, how do you tell mm. them apart? It's the haircut in this movie. It is. Yeah. It's and, the and haircut, but it's a lot of other subtle differences, it's actually. The way, that sucks for it's, makeup. It's, I mean, well, it's performance, yeah. is because the one is much more physical than the other. Uh, right. Josh Pence is more physical than uh, yeah. Army Hammer. But, but the other and, one is the more dominant of the two. He's, he's right. And, well, personality-wise. The, the, yeah, there's the one that's... The one that's saying, no, we can't we can't take this to the courts. We're, that's we're not the Harvard, Harvard way. We're, we're men of Harvard. He's... In every scene, he's more put together dressed-wise than the other one. If there's ever a scene where one of them is in workout clothes and the other one is in more Harvard, right. you know, preppy clothes, the one in preppy clothes is Army Hammer, and, and the one in, mm-hmm. in workout clothes is Josh Pence. And they and they made it. They they, I appreciated for for that guy's uh, you know for that guy's sake. They they made a great. Uh, show of kind of appreciating his input because they yeah. were like, even when it's a split screen, even when he's not on screen at all we didn't replace his face we split screened it cut him out entirely um you know army hammer would go and be like so what did you what did you do here what did right. you do at this point to to create the performance that he created to to make the characters two different people and when it was when it was head replacement there are scenes where they they talk about i think it might have actually been that scene where they're 
um, in the where the one shot has the Harvard banner over them, the the row banner. Um, oh, where, <laughs> yeah, how how stupid do you? I don't even watch? know who the guy was. It was Bill Gates. Mm. He thinks we're stupid now. <laughs> Great Great, it's job, like, the, it's like the two guys that always mop in Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, you know, you're embarrassing us. But there was a uh, he, Josh Pence, you know, as they were going through the scene and as they established the scene, he did, you know, he did this thing and he did that thing. He did this thing with his hand and he ran his hand through his hair and then he did this with the, the laptop and just this whole list of little physical movements that Army Hammer, when they then, you know, turned the cameras around mm-hmm. and Army Hammer had to jump in as the other role, he'd be like, okay, you did this and then that and this and that and that. And then he had to replicate it all. And Army Hammer says in the commentary that he's not nearly as physically uh, adept of a and physically conscious of a actor as uh, Josh Pence is. Because I guess Josh Pence started as a model, so he knows, you know, he's much more he physically. His, he's more aware of his body of his body and, ways, and, and yeah. all of that sort of thing. And so, yeah, you know, it was a real challenge for him. That, you know, that kind of laundry list of all these little physical actions that he had to do at the same time and and pull it off like you're not even thinking about it as you have right. to do when you're acting and then still do actually fucking do the scene yeah it's yeah I- exactly for like not to say that Army Hammer is like a beginning actor because he's he, you know he's been presumably doing this for a while i don't actually know his filmography but he's he appears he does, very a, good, he does a good job yeah, one way he or doesn't another. he doesn't seem like he's a beginner so good for him but i mean it's it can be difficult to play off just I'm going to say my line and cross the room believably. You know, right. I'm going to feel like, make it feel like I'm motivated to cross the room as I'm saying Which this. is beyond the means of a lot of actors. Yeah, exactly. So so to be able to do all of those things simultaneously. And then still do the scene. And still do the scene and still make it plausible is, you know, another part of what makes it very impressive. So whether it's like a visual effect or not, everyone involved is is doing an amazing job. Is, is firing all thrusters. Yeah. And, jo- and Josh Pence... Um, I'm, I was glad to see – I honestly don't remember what it was, but he got recognition in the sense that he, like, booked another role directly after this I, well. I should hope that part of – you know, when Fincher came up to him and said, please, please <laughs> just fucking do this for me, I would hope that fin- part of Fincher's plea was – I will help you make your career as <laughs> yeah. much as I okay, possibly can. Let me see. I'm going to look his, it up his, right In now. his interview, his justification was, you know, it's still I'm working on set with David Fincher every day. Of right. course I'm going to do it. Sure. Uh, he's still, yeah, he's still going to learn a lot. Even if yeah. his face doesn't show up on this on screen, he's still going to learn a lot. When was the last time you took a gig because you are going to learn a lot? <laughs> okay. When was the last time Josh uh, – Josh fucking <laughs> – when was the last time David Fincher – Asked me to, to do him a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to get this back at some point. Although that doesn't always work. <laughs> ask, yeah. ask Paul Schrader about doing a favor for Steven Spielberg. You know Paul Go Schrader ahead. was like an old school improv guy? Like he was like a, a comedian improv guy from like Second City or something back in the day. I didn't, when I learned that I was, I, I got like a profound sadness that, sh- that didn't shake for like a week. I was like, well, he got a career. That sucks. He, uh, he was like an improv guy who could play the piano. Now he's David Letterman's band leader. He's gonna that's, be. He's gonna be in the Dark Knight. He's gonna be in the Dark Knight Rises. Paul Schaefer. Who was I talking about? You're talking about Paul Schaefer. Yeah. Was he also the improv guy, or was those two different guys? And I just completely screwed up my. Paul Schaefer used to be on Saturday Night Live. He was the band leader on Saturday Night Live. You're saying that. Paul anyway, Sh- isn't Paul Schaefer the in the band in Letterman's band? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So now he does that. Yeah. I so thought he's that doing I even heard... better. He's working in the same building he's been working in for yeah, thirty yeah, yeah. years. <laughs> he's got but a regular I, nightly gig. That's easy. I he's thought I had heard that he was like an old school, like on the stage <laughs> improv great. guy with all those guys who are now famous comedy actors. Well, he was it, in Saturday Night Live. He's famous from being on Saturday Night I Live. I think you, you probably think of someone else, but I don't might know. have been Paul Schaefer. 
But yeah. anyway, okay. anyway I'm, I'm, really, I'm really bored with this conversation. I'm talking right about now. Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver and actually wrote Close Encounters, even though he let Spielberg take the credit for it. Yeah, That's what and I was later, isn't Paul Schrader is the one who directed Dominion? The the exorcist, Dominion, the exorcist, the exorcist maybe that like get maybe something like released. that. He wrote, but he wrote like Mishima and and uh, you know. Uh, you know, for okay. hardcore and things there's like a, that. There's a book about about those guys, um, and and yeah, yeah the, the well, Coppola and several and books: them, Easy yeah. Rider, Raging Bull, yeah. Easy Riders and Raging Bulls. But anyway, I yeah. think I think but, that's the one I'm talking but about. But Paul yeah. Sh- Paul Schrader wrote Close Encounters. Okay, and his story is that uh, Spielberg said, "Yeah, but I rewrote it so much that it was really not even yours anymore." Ooh, um, that's like what Tarantino did to that other guy. Yeah, so it's not even yours anymore, and I really can't. That's how sad it is. Can I have the, can I have the, the credit guy. for it? To what guy? Roger, to... Roger Avery? Roger, Roger Avery. Avery. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He, he, With they, Pulp Fiction? <laughs> Pulp, yeah. Fiction Dogs? Pulp Fiction, he, uh, Roger Avery basically wrote a script that was Butch's story, and Tarantino incorporated that into Pulp Fiction. He's like, hey, we'll do this together. Uh. And then he was like, well, it's cleaner if it's written and directed by Tarantino, and you just get a story credit. And Roger Avery was so naive at that point, he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, so now Tarantino's famous for Pulp Fiction. Roger right. Avery got dick. Roger Avery is, is famous for, for killing somebody in a drunk driving accident yeah. right now. But um, Christy Song is another actress who I think is – she's really great at this movie. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm, she's, she's at her best actually in the lunch or dinner, if it is, with uh, Sean Parker. Yeah. Because I, I, in that scene when they have that montage of them having sushi with Sean Parker, I watch her because – her reactions are fantastic. She's all about the reactions, but uh, she also has the great scene coming up later where she, you know, has the where she sets the fire crazy breakdown. And she yeah. sets the place on fire. But uh, anyway, to finish that other story, Paul Schrader wrote Close Encounters. Um, Spielberg said, "But I, re- I rewrote it so much that it really isn't yours anymore. Can I just have the sole credit?" Schrader said, "Okay." Thinking that, oh, no, Steven Spielberg's going to owe me a favor, which never actually got paid off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he never actually got a favor in return from uh, Spielberg. There's Josh Pence. It's the actual Josh Pence here. That's him. Yeah, so he's um, he is in uh, he is in Battleship. I don't think he's the lead, but he's in apparently oh, wow. according to his go. filmography, he's in and Battleship. And that's what you get when you. Owe and he's uh, that's what Finch, that's what that's what a Fincher favor will get and, you. And he is also in The Dark Knight Rises as spoiler. Okay, <laughs> so as if spoiler. I, if I if I told you what it was, it would probably give something away about the plot. Oh, so like, you can go look it up on IMDb. Let me see. Let me see. Do you still have the page up? Something I about see. the plot. He's young Bruce Wayne. He's uh, what? young is correct. Okay. That's that's part of it. He's young. People actually fucking care what happens in a fucking oh. Batman movie? I don't know. Wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it will. We'll be fine. Chief Moore? Oh, we're in, not talking in, about Well, that. in Battleship, he's playing somebody named Chief Moore. Chief would be an enlisted... In the Navy, Chief, Chief is an enlisted ah, rank. Uh, no, 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 go. No, 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 this it. is the real world. It's more important than Batman villains. Yeah. A, a Chief is an enlisted rank, but it's near the top of the enlisted ranks, so it's an enlisted rank that you don't attain until your 40s or yeah, more likely Chief 50s. Older. But this man is 23, 24. But he's, but he's, he's, he's yeah. getting a digital head replacement with your own floor Really, Liam Neeson is hardly in that movie. Yeah, he's just it's, his it's, head actually, on Josh Pence's body the whole time. <laughs> anyway, back to this. Now the, in the chat, DK says the spoiler would be an interesting name for a villain. He just goes around and like tells you. Yeah, like, spoiler. Kane. I'm spoiler. <laughs> Snape kills Dumbledore. Rosebud, no! was his, Rosebud was his sled. Oh, I hate that guy. Oh. God damn Why doesn't it? Batman do something about that guy? That would Jesus. be a great Scott Pilgrim villain, actually. Spoiler. <laughs> the spoiler. I am the spoiler. Which, by the way, we have been accused of being the spoiler, by the way. We tried. One, because one time we, uh, we slipped up and we talked about we a certain character from a certain flexing. sci-fi show by Joss Whedon dying. Didn't we, didn't we do the oh, thing? Oh, come on. Didn't I, we, uh, well, that's, they, they, they followed that up by saying, okay, I understand a 10-year more. Sorry, that's fine. Didn't we, didn't we also do the thing talking, where like, we decided Serenity? to... 
where we decided to just spoil everything in just one go, and we just no, we did. We got absolutely <laughs> no hate for that. Yeah. I don't even remember what episode that was. I don't either. We literally got zero hate for that. We were talking was about the spoiler shirt. Was and I, then on I just the show? Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't ring a bell with me. So. But we were doing a thing where, I can't remember what episode we were just on. Uh, but we're, in any case, there's a shirt that has all the spoilers on it. And I was like, hey, we're going to do this now. And I just read like 25 spoilers. Yeah. We got no hate mail on that. And yet, one guy was like, you talked about X character dying in Firefly. I was like, in my, eh, in my I can see your point. I, I feel bad that we ruined Firefly for someone. That's I actually do feel bad about that. But you're talking about Serenity, Firefly. Right? I'm yeah. talking about Serenity. Okay. Right. In my screenwriting class, well, they... if you haven't seen Serenity by now, you're not exactly like a fan. So that's yeah. my that's my whole thing. There's certain things where it's like if you haven't seen it by now, you didn't care enough to actually be angry right now. So stop. But <laughs> in my in my screenwriting class, they complete the two teachers completely casually, as if it were not a thing at all, spoiled the ending of Usual Suspects. Huh. And I was like, "Well, now, hold I, on. Well, well what did you take that? Because usual spe- sex festival was what ninety five. I've had a lot of champagne, so yeah, it's it's true. usual special. True, you should be special. Special. True. It, well, it would have been two thousand six or two thousand seven. Uh, so yeah, ten year moratorium. Ten year moratorium, sure. But still, it's like, but in a film class with a bunch of eighteen year olds who have haven't seen any movies, who are more predilected to okay. have seen those movies, wouldn't they be? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's that's fair. If you're taking, if you're taking, better like film show class, them the movie. Like, you, let's watch the usual yeah, 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 exactly. You, you need to, you're you're sitting there in the film class, going, "Tell me what to watch, so I can be really like hoity-toity about it." Works. So, yeah. Uh, well, it's, <laughs> I actually I went on the school oh, message boards to to make a suggestion that I thought it was a really fair, smart suggestion that I just got laughed at for was you know. If a teacher is going to discuss a certain movie in the course of the month, because at Full Sail the classes last a month. Say at the beginning, we're going to be talking about these movies, so you should probably go fucking watch them. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad suggestion because then you've got the context for exactly. what the conversation I did that exact well. same thing with the guy who provides the software that we use our, for our, our Down in Front Live broadcast. It's a software called Beep, which I'm not going to promote because my experience with this guy was I spent $400 on his software and I had a problem where my webcam was doing nothing but gray in, in the software. And I went on his forum and I said, uh, I have really, I, I'm really excited about this. I think it's going to be great for us. But I'm having this problem, and he responded personally, and it was basically, "No, you're not." <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and that brings us to me pimping the wonderful uh, video broadcasting for webcam software. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so here's another another interesting scene. the 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 interesting thing about this movie is that, and another thing that makes it really interesting and fascinating to kind of study is that it's totally okay with ambiguity. It never at any point says, this is the bad guy, this is the good guy. It right. never says, this person was right, no, this that's... person was wrong. Uh, right now, what we were talking about, you know, Zuckerberg is going out and totally, it, the character, not necessarily the guy, you know, because it's we're been making fictionalized. Yeah. Um, but, um, so Mark is going out and he's just doing whatever, you know, he's posting all this bullshit on his live journal and blah, blah, blah without caring how it's going to look, and it keeps blowing up in his face and stuff like that. But then you've got the Winklevi here who are like, uh, or at least one of them, who's, you know, everyone's going, why aren't we just suing this guy? You know, how is it, it, it just because of, it, like, like some kind of code of honor or whatever? He's like, no, because think how it's going to look. Right. We're the jocks. We're the popular ones. We're the, as he says, we're the guys in skeleton suits chasing the karate kid. Yeah. You know, think about that. So he is actually thinking, Right. This is how it's going to look. We are in the public square now. Everyone according is to the us. tropes of our society, we would be cast yeah. as yeah. the bad guys. Everyone is watching us That's right weird. now. He has the sense of that, and yet 
that's he's, still the wrong choice in that situation right. as well. Which really interesting. I hadn't put that together, but you're totally right. Thematically, with regards to what the movie's about, they're doing the right thing. They're thinking of it in the right terms. He is, in the, at in least. the adult yeah. mature they're, they're, terms. They're being and yeah, they get honorable shit on. about it. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Well, it, I mean, it's it's the like the Vibe play by the rules. Yeah. And the Winkle Vibe. Well, that's, a, well, that's a, but but I mean that's their their whole story. And I mean even even uh, Trey was talking about that one scene that we disagreed whether or not it belongs it, in there. And but it's, the, and it's coming up. And we'll it's coming up. About it again. But but the whole and, and rewatching it again, I completely disagree with you, Trey. But we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. But the whole point of that scene and the whole point of of up until right after the uh, the catamaran race or the rowing race, uh, whatever that particular boat is called, um, Crew. I don't think it was a catamaran. But no, um, no if they put two together, it'd be a catamaran. okay. But uh, it's a race it's of a crew. boats it's, that I don't. It's do. called crew. Uh, crew, sure. Um, the uh, at I, that point, I he wrote says, crew in high school. By the way, at it's, that point, whoa, yeah, not. I did. I like guys are wait, crew. Hey, when we meet Andrew Garfield, tell him that. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. but, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was actually more often than not I was the coxswain, so okay. you know. <laughs> but uh, say that again slower. <laughs> the coxswain. Yeah, okay, wait again. But uh, tell him that too. Um, that, that's when they decide. That's when they decide to sue him. But up until that point, they are literally playing by the rules. It's like, well, he's you know, there's that scene. He's a Harvard student. He's broken the rules. We have to go. You know, we have to go through the right channels to do this. Right. We're not gonna just you know jump the gun and be assholes about it. They go out of their way not to be assholes, right. and they they still they, you know, they go out still... of their way to 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 do it the honorable way, yeah. and they get fucked for it. Yes, they get exactly. absolutely fucked for it. And the, the other thing that's interesting about it, we've talked about it in other movies, is is the nonlinear way the story gets told. And this comes back to Sorkin. You know, a lot of his dialogue, even even for Sorkin, comes from transcripts and depositions. So you know, he didn't write all this dialogue. Some of it, obviously, he invented, but. Um, but it's how do you make a story out of Facebook? And, and it's weird that the story of the Winklevi and Divya Narendra um, is not told in the same timeline as the rest of the movie. Right. Because we started we started the movie, the first glimpse of them is them in a deposition, which is long after th- what they do in the last scene we see of them in this movie, which is them deciding to sue him. Right. So, so their, their story is being told, so their story has a beginning, middle, and end, but it just doesn't chronologically stack up. With the rest of the story chronologically, and we were talking about the story. The topic came up when we were either doing or talking about Pulp Fiction, because we were talking about what other movies have told this non-linear story. Oh, yeah. And I said, The Social Network is the only one that I can think of because mm-hmm. this movie tells everyone's story in a way that the story is exciting, but the stories don't happen all at the same time. Right. So it tells them they're spread out through the course of the movie. Uh, so gonna, here we go. I'm going to throw in one thing before we get into that topic okay. about the, the scene itself. Okay. Um, Larry Summers, the actual Larry Summers. Because um, they, they, you know, they asked everybody who was, you know, being portrayed in this movie, did you think he was being fair? Larry Summers, the real guy who actually was the head of Harvard at the time, um, and says, also the Treasury Secretary. Yeah, says he States. vaguely remembers having the meeting with the Winklevi. Um, he said he thought that the scene more or less captured what it probably was like. <laughs> and he and he said he said because I know two. Here's two. Here's, there's one thing I know after being president of Harvard is if an undergrad is in my office at three o'clock on a weekday afternoon wearing a tie, he either is looking for a job referral or he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did not remember the Winklevi fondly, apparently. So. Uh-huh. Now, okay. What's the problem that Trey so, stated, and you have an issue with? Well, let me state well, my problem. Let me yes. state my point. Let, let know, him state like, the and, problem. And, and, like and I said, you can be will, free to disagree, but the, and then I will cross-examine. But the idea is that you know, it, and it's not that this again. I love this scene. Just like let me say that you know, I like Nathan Fillion. I just don't think he's a movie star. The Winklevoss is uh, going to visit the Harvard president. The Winklevoss visiting the Harvard president. This scene is unnecessary 
for the for the story. And because, I disagree. Be, yes, Go ahead. you've made that clear. But and that's fine that you disagree, and I don't care. <laughs> uh, but but my <laughs> student is is if you were and 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 I don't think I'll get as much argument for this. If you had to make this movie five minutes shorter, this is the scene you cut because this scene is not necessary to understand anything that happens in the movie. It's like they they went to the president of Harvard. It's it's in its strictest dramatic terms. It is a scene in which nothing happens. They go to talk to the president of Harvard to achieve a result which they don't achieve, which does not send them in any direction they weren't already headed because they are going to sue the guy. So <clears throat> you could have achieved this by not having the scene. I agree with Trey based on what yeah. you just said. Yeah. Okay. Now that no, does not no, that does not mean that the me, scene sucks me, and should first. have been cut. It's just, it's very interesting for a movie. I think when we're all about you know we're almost always about you know keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. That it's only because this scene is so gloriously wonderful and funny that I think it's worth keeping. But really, it is a completely unnecessary scene that didn't need to be in the story dramatically. Brian. Okay, it's it's necessary as one step out of a, a series of steps because it's showing them trying to go through the right steps and failing. And that's, as Mike was talking about a few minutes ago, that's what they're trying to do and what, uh, I forget which, which Winklevi it is, but the Winklevi that's trying to do it the honorable way is to go through the proper channels and they're sequentially trying to do this, but that fails. And so they're trying to do this, but that fails. Their options so, what, are being eliminated. Right. But they, what they are going through, they, the they're going through the options of the honorable way to do things, and one by one, they are being eliminated. Right, but when you're driving from one place and to so another, you usually cut the driving scene. No, but, we're, but, but when important things happen along the way, you have to show those important things. And it, it's, a, it's a question of, is this important or not? And Trey says it's not, but I feel it is in the sense that this is, this is another escalation of the stakes of... This is, a, this is them trying to go... It's... To, to use a military analogy, it's them trying to go through the chain of command. Yes. They went, say they're enlisted guys, they went to their, to their petty officer, and then their petty officer said, fuck off. So they went to their lieutenant, and the lieutenant said, fuck off. This is them going to the captain, and the captain, and, and them saying, please, please, for the love of God, help us, yeah. we now need see, your help. Dramatically, you go, my God, that's too, too many fuck off scenes. We only yeah. need one. Okay. <laughs> so. but, this is, but to be fair, this is the only fuck off scene. Really? Yeah. This is, yes, your analogy is, is yeah. flawed. I, but, you know, okay. But the, Fine. but the thing is, it's it's again, the analogy creating, is flawed. But the reason I think it's still it's valid. creating the ambivalence of saying they're trying to do it the right way. Because if they just jumped to let's sue this fucker, right? Then they are the villains, right? And the whole point that the movie is trying to get at is there are no villains. The moral it, it's a gray gray and gray world in yeah. the sense that yeah the the hero the protagonist slash hero isn't really heroic and the villains aren't really villainous. Yeah. It's like who is right. And I totally agree with that. And again, never let it be said that I think the scene sucks and should have been cut. I just oh, said great. it's very okay. interesting that in movie world where, you know, it's like you, if you look at the special features of any movie, you can go, well, that was a great scene. I wonder why they cut it. They cut it because they didn't need that scene. Right. This I, is that scene. I have a question. It just didn't uh, get cut. For, from the chat room, I'm going to ask John Pavlich's question to Trey here. Uh, if your statement is you like the scene, but if you're on a cut one, that's the one you start with. There's Pavlich wonders why you wouldn't cut the rowing music video. I would have totally cut the rowing music video, but I understand why they left that in. I would have cut it. Why did they leave it in? Yeah, see, the, because the, the, it's the fucking Fincher wanking on the, ro- us. And the, it's the also, rowing it's, scene that's, is far more cuttable than that. The scene. In terms of pure story, in terms of yeah. pure By the way, like, there's okay. Aaron Sorkin. That's what he looks like. That's in, how we in, talk. Yeah. in terms of pure like important story points of these characters, the rowing scene is far more cuttable than the. Well, sure. That's scene. true, but it, the rowing scene and and you're right. It is a very Finchery. Fincher being Fincher thing, but it's, it's also it's Fincher. It's a it's a shaky hand job from Fincher. It's yes. <laughs> but it's okay, also, David. Yes, yes, a tilt yes. Shift hand job. But You're it's a also genius. extremely it, it, take away take away the tilt shift and all that stuff. For it's the a, record, I an, love tilt shift. It's an important. It's an important thematic. Maybe not. Maybe not 
like, uh, you know, crucial, indispensable. But it's an, an important thematic scene because it's all about these are guys. They're going to Harvard. You know, they're these they're these twins. They're really handsome. They're really athletic. They've gotten everything handed to them on their silver platter their entire lives. And things Money are not to genetics. They're yeah. winning, huh? Yeah, yeah. And things for the first time in their lives are not going their way. And the whole thing about this this rowing scene that we haven't got to, so I probably should be saving it for that. But the whole thing about the rowing scene is this is you know the the f- physicalized example of. Th- Things are not going their way. They yeah. will not automatically win just because they showed yeah, up. Yeah, see, I think the rowing scene is less cuttable than the than the Dean scene because yeah. the, the rowing scene is, first of all, more visual and emotional. Um, but it, it is, it's the turning point. It is yeah. the point in which they turn. Other than we have made several multiple fails attempts to achieve satisfaction in other scenes, this is the scene where they make the decision. In fact, it's their last scene. Yeah. That's the scene that, that, of course, is the last thing that happened before the movie began in terms of the chronology and how it's all twisted well, back it's and forth. A, it's, but it's, it's a, like it's like it's what you're saying. It's like they lose this big race. They come all the way to England. Yeah. They lose this big race. They're disgraced in front of their father. Everyone's being all cool about it, but it's a horrifying, you know, crushing blow. And then to top it off, they find out that Facebook yeah. has just gone international. That's what makes them go, "Fuck it, yeah. we're taking him down." Yeah, because it's the scene that makes that's them, the turning point. It's the scene need. that makes them realize that they are not invincible. Yeah, that things will not turn out for you know things will not turn out well for them just because they're them. Yeah, that all sounds really valid. So let's use that as a proof and have a question based on that. <laughs> Okay. Here's, this, the, here's the sushi scene. So while while you're phrasing your question, just watch Christy's song. She's just she's just fascinating in this scene. Anyway, go ahead. What we we talk about how the importance of symbolism can really work on a, on on the front level of a film. Like a layman can watch the movie and get the symbolism, but also how it's really important for like a second level thing, and then for a third level thing where people on the internet think Steve, you know Kubrick's a genius for his angle choices. Um. In a scene where you have, if you have an option to cut one or the other, how important is symbolism when it's like, okay, I understand all your symbolism RD bullshit, but we need to cut a scene. It's Do you think that resonates? Symbolism the, should be towards the bottom of the list. Does well, the no, audience but, 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 really but, but, respond that strongly where it's like, no, we really need the symbolism scene because even if they don't get that them losing a race matters with regards to the real story, they might feel it's it's important. The it's loss. Im- it's Im- yeah, because it's important for the the. I think even if you don't understand. On a on a conscious level, the 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 symbolic nature of this is the moment where they you know where they are not getting their way and blah 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 and they lose the race and yada yada and losing the race in the in the crew race is symbolic of losing the race on Facebook. Um, there is an element where there's got to be something. There's this guy that you've had, even if you cut the Dean scene, the the character is still going through. He's saying we got to be honorable. We got to be honorable. We got to be honorable. There's got to be the moment, the turning point, where he says honor isn't enough. Just because we're honorable and just because we're us, that doesn't mean we're going to win. And and the the loss in the crew scene is what clicks that in his mind. So you need you need it doesn't have to be the the crew scene, but you have to have some kind of scene to show why did he make that turn. And the crew scene is as good a one as any. 
And it's better because it's physical. Because it's physical and visual. As opposed to people sitting in three chairs talking. Yeah. By the way, just check my math on this. I keep calling that actress Christy Song. It might be Brenda Song. And it's Deborah Song, it I believe. It is Brenda Song. Brenda. 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 John <laughs> <Pavlich> <laughs> It is Deborah Song. Your name. He rang in too quickly. <laughs> it's Emily yeah. Song. It's like the character is Christy and her name is Brenda. What is Gina life. Song, okay. Alex? Yes. What is Gina? Oh, I'm sorry. The correct answer was. Can I buy a Brenda vowel? Song. No, you cannot buy this. is Jeopardy. You cannot buy a vowel. <laughs> So okay, so the actress's name is Brenda Song. Brenda Song. Playing the character of Christy. I always I keep making that mistake. So yeah. But playing anyway. the character of Christy Ching. Yes. Which I hadn't <laughs> noticed until Dude. Dude. I hadn't noticed until this uh this viewing, and I've seen it probably four or five times now. Uh the crazy fucking go nuts crazy train girlfriend that lights his trash can on fire later which is, is her is the same girl from like the blowjob scene in the bathroom stall all the way through I had never noticed that you've never noticed that there was he had, he had a girlfriend well, I've just figured it was he, just, know, he has girlfriends throughout the movie he just, I had he noticed likes, it, he it has, was the, that he has same, the yellow fever is that what you yeah, thought that same girlfriend all the way no, 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 he's, that's, <laughs> one, that's, yellow, one yellow one is as good as yeah, the next that's an important thing about Eduardo He's. No, I just never really paid attention. He's to not the like that. He's not jumping from one groupie to the other. He's excited about the idea they have groupies, yeah. but the first one he locks into, yeah, and he's. No. They, 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 the that's why I'm still in a relationship with Jeffrey Harrell. Yeah. The whole thing about Eduardo is that he's he's con- uh he's constantly with with uh Mark and all these other you know and and her. Um, whatever we decided her character and, and or real name was. Uh, he's he's <laughs> constant. He's actually trying to make like. You know, in terms of Facebook, he's actually trying to make a connection with people. He's trying he's to like, do the right thing. He's the yeah. he's the but he's the only person in this movie, in a way, who's actually trying to make a real human connection with other humans. Other people are just dealing with how that works on the internet and right. the, the the economics and such yeah. of that. We hadn't we hadn't. Uh... We were talking about casting. We haven't said the name Justin Timberlake yet, who apparently used to be some kind of musician. Apparently. He was um, in some kind of popular no, he music. He was never a musician. Okay, but fair enough. he sang some songs. But, uh, Asterisk. He was, uh, he, was, he, was in the, he was in the import-export trade because apparently he brought Sexy back at some point. But he, <laughs> but, uh, he lifted the embargo on Sexy. So that's where he, that's where he made his money. But, and that's uh, how he started getting elected. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I guess, I guess there at some point there was some incredulity, incredulity. Wow, champagne? Yes, thank you. Incredulity about, oh, Justin Timberlake's going to be an actor now. Well, I, I've never known him as anything other than an actor, and I think he's an awesome actor. I think he's I agree. great. I think he's fantastic. I knew him. I knew him from the the. Uh, also, he but he also banged Britney Spears. I know that yeah. about him. Yeah, I knew him from the boy band days. Wow, talk about the, a period piece. Yeah. I knew him Woo-hoo. from the boy band days because I'm totally <laughs> Witty, gay, right? Yeah. Um, okay, there you go. So I knew I knew him from Insane. Why? And stuff why? Like why? That. And uh, he was, he was. See, you can't pretend that you don't see, know. Like, well, see, this stuff is <laughs> the in this. Song was I don't know who bye that bye. was. I just did. It's was that boys, guys. boys to Men? Okay. I just did. What who you was? just, what you just did with your, what you no, just did with your, I don't know. Boys no. is Boys to Men. Not what is the, the gesture you just did with your hand? I don't know where that is. But, okay, but the Y Y Y. They all do that. Is bye bye bye. So and so and that's who. That's in sync. That is correct. That's in sync. And is that what Justin Timberlake was in? That was that was there was there was in sync. Instinct yeah. and Backstreet okay. There was Instinct, Instinct yeah. Backstreet Wow, Boys. this is a drug commentary. I haven't yeah. one of those in a while. There was Instinct Backstreet Boys. And we're Boys. talking about Backstreet and Boys. For 98 those, Degrees. And the, I was about to say, for those who are really gay, yeah. 98 Degrees, but you went yeah. and jumped on that you one. You went right so, there. Uh, I have a long and, uh, and, and labored history. Huh? I have a long and labored 
or female, yeah, or, female. or female. A long and labored That's history with enough. acapella music, and those guys all kind of did that. I Especially count, boys count, to men. I count females. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna polish off this uh, champagne. Anybody care? No. That's the second. That's the third bottle today, right? That's an entire bottle. Save us, Brian. Well, no, okay. there's a little bit left. Brian, okay. you should try this. Just don't drink out of a cup. Just finish off the bottle Do from it. the bottle. Because right. none of us are going to. Anyway. But, uh, anyway. Anyway. So, yes. And then he got into acting. And I think I can't remember what his first role was. It wasn't Alpha Dogs. Oh, it was something look at your face. That. You put both index fingers yeah, on Yeah, I'm cheeks. just kind of like. like yeah. Yeah. Oh. I can't remember what his first role was. It wasn't I, Alpha Dog. It was. Shit. He was in a thing. He's also great on SNL. He's, yes, that's where I was. really got impressed with him. Is he's really but, fantastic but when he yeah, does SNL. Yeah, I, I watch him on stuff, and it's it's exactly what you're saying. Uh, people are going to look. I mean, he's in that movie that just came out called uh, in, time. in Time, which hasn't been very well reviewed. But I really think he's he's he is a good actor. He's going to keep getting cast. He's going to overcome movies like In Time, and uh, ultimately, when people look back on Justin Timberlake. They are going to have forgotten that. He By the way, he was like in. Remember that band? He's, he's on the. He's on Justin the, uh, Timberlake was yeah, in NSYNC. Exactly. They're he's, going to forget that he started in a. Boy he's band. on the Mark Wahlberg track. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Hopefully, he can play more than one note. But, but we'll yeah. <laughs> Why is that a bad? But he's already. We don't even remember that Mark Wahlberg was he's, that guy. He's a much we better. Do. He's Marky a much Mark. better actor yeah. than Mark Wahlberg is. Yeah. So hey, he hey. Will... Tell your mother I said hi. <laughs> say, say hi to your mother for me. Hey, say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. No, you have to do it like you're out of breath. Say hi to your mother for say me, all right? Yeah, all right? Anyway. Hey, um, how you doing? On the Seriously, subject, go watch The Happening, because it's amazing. Briefly. <laughs> I, briefly. I, watched, I watched Three Kings when it came out in the theater, however long, like when I was in high school, whatever, and really, really loved it. And then... I revisited however long Which we watched it. Which we were talking about? Three Kings. Three Kings. Remember when we watched it at one point? No, you were, uh, Alpha Dog was his first Yeah, thing. that was he the was thing. Also, like Justin really? Timberlake act. Wow. Go he was, JT. He was, also in, uh, he was also in Black Snake Moan, which not wow. a lot of people saw. I saw that, and I, I thought he was great in it. I yeah. saw it. I don't remember him. I tell you, well, well, he was the he was the boyfriend who was like oh. kind of a spaz and had anxiety Racist. attacks and yeah. stuff like that. But the, but that's that's one of the things that impressed me. I'm like he's not trying to like be cool and be like a leading man and stuff like that. He's playing a character with some serious flaws right. in this movie. Um, and he's playing a very uh, not pretty character. Yeah, and, and he's he's fucking just going. for yeah, it. Yeah, and he's yeah. going for it. And I was like, I'm really impressed by that. I don't know why Black Snake Moan is. I don't know what that movie is for, but uh, <laughs> but he was really good was in it, and it was really fascinating. People who like uh, Christina Ricci a lot. Yeah. By the way, one of the things about this movie, it's it's funny, is that, and I've, I've said this in other commentaries, and I, I think there was dissension in it, but the, the the cultural references are often like, wait, two middle aged white guys wrote yeah. and directed this because they just made a Beverly Hillbillies reference. Yeah. And they said... I know Beverly Hillbillies. But I'm, they made a Beverly... Well, but I, I asked the question before, but they, actually, they made a Beverly Hillbillies reference based off of California is the place you want to be. Yeah. Does that immediately make you think Beverly Hillbillies? Yes. No. In my no. case, yes. Well... Okay. For, yeah, for me, I, I know... I, personally, I know Beverly Hillbillies was a thing and it existed. I might have even watched an episode or two as a kid. But as, as a person that references popular culture a lot in my daily life, I would... I would never ever reference Beverly no, Hillbillies. No, no. I wouldn't reference. I, I wouldn't. Done. I wouldn't reference the Beverly Hillbillies. But if someone said something that was a reference to Beverly Hillbillies, I would. Would call you it catch out. it? Well, I that's would, what I'm saying. Cal- okay. California yes. is the place would, you got to be. Does yeah. that make you think of Beverly Hillbillies? Yes. So, they For me. so you know the theme Beverly. song of the Beverly Hillbillies yeah, that well. Just, yes. It actually just clicked. Okay. What's so weird about that one is it's so unusual that. But then he has Eduardo say. I can't say too much. Eduardo makes the reference. He goes, "Oh, well, so now we're the Beverly Hillbillies, and they have to hang a lantern on." It's like. They have the Beverly Hillbillies in Brazil. <laughs> and he's like, because it's like, yeah, that's now you're really stretching it. The Brazilian guy gets the vague, gets the vague reference to Beverly Hillbillies. 
And there's another uh, another reference. Well, actually, I think the Karate Kid, although it's a touchstone for people, I guess, for yeah. a certain age. But the, yeah. the, the Karate Kid reference, you know, for these guys who were in college in 2004, three, to say a Karate Kid reference. You know, I, think, I, to be I their missed first Karate thought. Kid as a kid. I never, I never watched it as yeah. a kid. But, I mean, you, you, Mike, and Dorkman love, fucking love Karate Kid, don't you? I think you mean me and Eddie. Yeah, I am both Mike you and said, Dorkman. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? You said you, Mike, you, and Mike, Dorkman. and Dorkman. It's okay. That's, really that's, no, no, that's, that's my right. alternate. My, that's all right. That's my wow. alternate. He idea. has two guns, one yeah. for, for each of you. You're a dandy if you do. <laughs> Daisy. But, uh, See, yes, Daisy, Daisy, Daisy. I know, oh, I know, Beverly Hillbillies. I don't know what that was. What was that? What? I don't know. What that, that was Tombstone. You're not wearing a bustle. I need to watch like every western. Ever. I haven't seen any yesterday. in like a month I've so that we can finally do because you got you want to do Unforgiven so I have to watch like every western so I can talk intelligently uh, we'll, we'll at least Shane you have to see Shane there's a wonderful trope and I that's when I laughed a second ago it's called the Sorkin relationship moment no there's okay. actually hit me what's, what's that there's a, there's a few tropes named after Sorkin yeah. uh, there should be here's the uh, this is not the trope this is setting you up for understanding what the trope's about here's the beginning Sometimes relationships don't work out, and it's a shame, but in romantic comedies, it's also a goldmine, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but what if one person moves on? Even better, what if they move on to one of their mutual friends? A Sorkin relationship moment is a moment where that person gets fed up and demands that the other two people just stop it already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorkin yeah. relationship moment. Does that like, Studio 60 is all about that shit. Yes, That's it is. Okay, yeah. It's studio Does that happen in West Wing? Dude, there's like where? 700 hours of West Wing. <laughs> it must have yeah, happened. It, it probably does at some point. I can't think of any off the top of my head. So I'm probably I'm I'm guessing I don't want to cast any aspersions. But oh, something okay. about Rob Lowe and Leah McGarry. Yeah, Sam and Sam and McGarry's daughter. Yeah, that was going so on. I'm, so I'm, go ahead. Yeah, I'm Brian. guessing that I'm the all right <laughs> dork man. You should just think about that when you're watching. I'm the guessing I'm probably the only one who actually read The Accidental Billionaires. <laughs> I read it. I have not read it. No. You read it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I I um, didn't read it, but I'm on Facebook a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same thing. No, it's just it, it, I I thought of it in this scene because this scene is in the book. It's surprising how much of this movie did actually come from the book. Yeah, because a lot of times they will just they'll just buy like a book written about you know public figures and stuff like that just because they have to buy they don't want to buy the real life rights or the right. guy won't actually sell them. So they're like, well, we bought the rights to the book and then we adapted it and then they just do whatever they want to. But it's actually pretty close to the book. But my Dorkman's got the real life story. He's actually a superhero. Yeah, yeah. there's a book called Dorkman. There's a book called Dorkman, and I bought it <laughs> on Amazon, and it's about some nerd in high school Uh-oh. called Gordon Dorfmuller. That's pretty close. Called Dorkman. <laughs> I, so that, that's exactly. I was like, I was like, they didn't get everything right. It's an unauthorized. <laughs> Obviously, it's been fictionalized clearly. quite a bit. I just, but... I just love the emphasis that you put on it by saying it twice. There's a book called Dorkman. Yeah. There's a book called Dorkman. Because you laughed at me. <laughs> I had to make sure you knew I was no, serious. No, really, you guys. Anyway, um, but uh, I haven't read it yet. But maybe by next time. But. Uh, anyway, yeah, right. the, uh, Accidental Billionaires, we were talking about the Steve Jobs biography. Accidental Billionaires is not particularly well-written. Like, it's super overwritten because, like, it's a book, and I'm a book writer. So I'm gonna be, like, I, I remember tweeting about it when I, when I read it. I was like, you don't have to call things like Cerulean, Azure, and Aquamarine. Sometimes it's okay for something to just be blue. You can just say blue. <laughs> but Cerulean is my favorite color, and it's a very specific mix of green, blue, and teal. Yeah. And the way it sort of shines, it's pretty. By the way, meanwhile, in, it, uh, meanwhile so, yeah. in stock footage, Fincher yeah. admits like this is about the only time he's that's the only time I've ever used stock footage. I saw in the behind the scenes, I, just watching them shoot this, this it's like the crazy just crane. The that crane, they had the crane move is that. awesome, and the and you're not getting the effect here, but the audio mix, yeah, is it's, fucking it's magical great. here. And there was right. a there exactly. Was, I have no idea. This scene yeah. should not 
work. There was a really light Fincher doing Panic Room moment there because the camera actually passed through the balcony banister. Yeah, sure, yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. But but it actually, I mean, it's not like it's magical or anything. I mean, it's a practical shot, but it's... uh, it's just the way it's done, but they they have it in the documentary. You see them do the shot where they they just swing. Is it a crane on a dolly? It's a crane. Yeah, it's but a, is the a, but is the is crane that crane on a dolly? Yeah, a, you mean a dolly on a crane? No, no, it a crane matter. on a dolly. Crane on a dolly. Crane on a dolly. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, good. okay, okay, yeah. okay. All right. Um, <laughs> no. I, oh my god. I, it really, you guys. it really. No, but it really felt like the uh, the. <laughs> no, I just pictured a crane like physically on top of a dolly. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't work. They do that a lot. That's so okay, so it. now picture, so now picture a dolly on top of a crane. Yeah, see how that works, that works better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But fair so enough. The, the <laughs> crane <laughs> carries the dolly around. At what point? At which point? It what? Is it like a steady cam operator? He's like, you take the crane and you put the dolly down. The dolly then begins to wheel away. That's kind of what I was thinking. Okay, fair enough. It's Shut actually up. it's pretty cool. We see this thing come screaming in, and then the 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 DP catches it on the far side. Yeah. I mean, like grabs it. Like <laughs> at the first shot, I was wondering how much of that was actually stabilized. Like they got the crane to stop, and then it's just like the rest of that take is nope. All right, we're running stabilizer on it because there's no way at the end of a at the end of an arm you could get the camera to stop and then fucking stop. There's gonna yeah. be yeah. There's you can gonna actually be a little see bit them. You actually see them do it if you watch the documentary. But, you see but them I mean, they really did it. That's you look amazing. at I mean a uh, random connection, but. Uh, a lot of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. If there's a behind there's a the crane scenes on a thing, crane, there's a ton. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a ton of actual like crane shots. That and stuff. shot where they go from the window to the to the street to the storefront. Yeah, there's it's a lot like, of uh, how the fuck. There's a lot of that? behind the yeah. scenes stuff on cranes, and it's really it's really amazing how solidly you can just go bam and hit it when you're dealing with a really good crane operator. Yeah. That's cool. Now I want to at some point we can talk about the scene if anyone has any specific comments, but I want to bring up a uh, what I would call a parallel piece to this, which came out. 14 years prior. Uh, have any of you guys seen Pirates of Silicon Valley? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. That is fucking awesome. And if you haven't seen it, do check it out. It's on YouTube intermittently. I've, a couple years ago, I was looking for it. I found it in parts. Uh, a few months ago, right after Steve Jobs died, it was literally on as an unbroken YouTube upload, completely pirated. Well, they it's also they, just, they, they re-ran also it on. It, yeah. uh, they re-ran it in tribute to him. It's, it's um, fairly, you know, all parties said, well, basically, okay, yeah. close enough. Uh, you know, kind w- of. Wozniak, the guy who uh, invented Apple, uh, was the guy who said, the timeline's wrong, but the emotions are right. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, that's good enough for me. It's a movie I have to he, fuck with a little bit. He invented the tech. Steve Jobs invented Apple. Steve, yeah, I know. I was so, kidding. Yeah. I, was, I was just being controversial. Well, I was actually did the hardware, built the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, okay. Teach the controversy, <laughs> man. He's got this nutty idea. I'm going to have to make it work now. And uh, anyway, but Pirates of Silicon Valley, while not being, like, super amazing, it's really fucking watchable, really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. some pissant, whatever it was, Lifetime Channel original movie, they got... Uh, Mike, Anthony Michael Hall to play Bill Gates and Noah Wiley no, to play no, Steve Wiley. Jobs, yep. and you just sort of sit back right now and think, "God damn, that's perfect." Yeah, who else? Who else? Who did you fucking get? else could yeah. you get to play those roles? And you know, in two years, we're going to get a Steve Jobs movie. I want to see how that guy does. But fucking, I, we Pirate... don't. I think Pirates of Silicon Valley covered it. It just nails <laughs> yeah, it. To be honest. I know it's it's just really great. <laughs> the sequel where he just gets sick and dies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, yeah. Joey Slotnick as uh, Steve Woz. I love Joey Slotnick, and he's a character actor. You have your like what else? Steven, what else? Uh, I don't know him. You have your, like, <laughs> Stephen Tobolowski's and your Wallace Shawn's character actors are people who kind of know their names. Here's your Fincher cameo. I completely agree that this is a overly directed, in-your-face Fincher sequence. That being said, I love the fuck out of Tilt Shift photography. I love, yeah, but it's I, so but fucking cool. awesome. But it's cool. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, don't like, I didn't like go, oh, God, this it's, bullshit. It's funny it's from, fun. a, from a tech perspective like and a VFX perspective. I'm watching this, I, and immediately it calls itself out as being post-Tilt Shift because I'm like, there is no way to get 
things closer to us in focus and farther away. It's right. like there was rotoscoping and there was a, like this yeah, it's, is clearly, it actually is faux tilt shift. Yeah, yeah. faux tilt shift. Yeah. But like that guy could not, his head could not be in focus and have those other guys. Fall as out as of focus. he's going in through the range of yeah. motion, he could not remain in focus yeah. that entire With tilt shift, that yeah. range of motion. By the way, tilt shift photography is where the background and the foreground are massively out of focus, and it has the effect of making everything look miniature. Well, what they, what and they, when what you're what doing video, there's a couple other steps that you for do. like a year, two years ago, yeah. every fucking Flickr account you, was a tilt shift. What you basically, well, what you basically do two for years those before that, it was all fucking fake HDRI. Yeah. I want to kill everyone. For those who are for those who are interested, and they didn't even know how to properly fucking tone map it. But um, for those who are I interested, love you, Michael. the reason it's called tone ma- uh, not tone mapping, the reason it's called uh, tilt shift is because the the uh, the lens is basically put on the end of, like the equivalent of like a bendy straw, and you tilt it. You get the front and the back. You yeah, you tilt it, and it basically throws because it's misaligning the lens. It throws kind of the top of the frame and the bottom of the frame out of focus, and and adjusts the way it looks. So it turns real life situations. A lot of a lot of tilt shift photography and tilt shift uh, videography in particular. Uh, was like wide shots of like arenas and stuff shot cities. at stop motion yeah. cities tilt shifted because that creates a sense of a very limited. It makes it look like field. your camera is huge and the scene is terrific. It makes small. it look like it a makes miniature. It, yeah, it, it makes, makes it look real like a model, look like, like a, a an incredibly lifelike model Detailed, yeah. scene. Yeah, so. which has a really cool effect on you. Uh, another when, thing when, it, when it's the right scene, I've seen stuff that's like uh, a kind of like a shipyard or a cargo yard where you know they're offloading cargo pods yeah. from, from and it's like tankers. little bitty toys and it's, it's yeah it's like it's just the most incredibly detailed yeah. model railroad you've ever seen in your life the best it's one I ever saw was awesome. a monster truck rally yes. yeah oh, that was the that one was, that's the one I think that was of whenever I think of there was a really oh, by the way if you're any uh, any aspiring cinematographers out there or cinematographers out there a really cool effect I saw we did a music video for Captain Bumout by a, a rap artist named Cage while back and I saw the director do something really fucking interesting he was shooting on 5D I think and he had the lenses and what he would do is when you have a camera with lenses you screw them into place and they kind of lock because your lens costs as much as your camera oh, he had it so that what the he light did was leak he, intentional. He, yeah. he he held the lens out yeah. it was n- it was not attached to the camera and he would just kind of jiggle the lens as he was filming and what you get are these moments of perfect clarity where the other half of the screen is just fucking distorted like a motherfucker yeah. in focus and in actual image. And then you just wiggle it, and you get this sort of weird... Yeah. It's really fucking... When you do, when you snappy, do it that way... In a snappy Requiem kind of montage, you don't use that for a long yeah. shot. When you do it that way, you also... Um, you get the light streaks. You can inside. get light light leaking into the side, so you get this this bleed and this over. It's really, really it. cool. Do you guys care about how all at all how crew works? So I can sure, talk go about ahead, it if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, I, go I, ahead. I, no, I'm not. I'm not Expertise. particularly interested anymore in it either. But no, say it, Brian. What's the hardest thing about rowing crew? Coxon. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. So it's, it's, I actually have never known how to pronounce. Yeah. It's the Hold word on. that's Coxon. spelled Coxwain. I'll right? give Coxon. you. Uh, I'll give you 90 it's seconds. The same uh, boatswain is pronounced boatswain. Boatswain. Bo- 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 right. okay. and, and a forecastle is actually it's pronounced folks. That's folks. And Edinburgh is pronounced. Edinburgh and Pittsburgh is pronounced and Pittsburgh. A, and a gun whale is actually pronounced is a gunnel. gunnel. Yeah, yes. I know that one. You're 15 Damn you seconds whales. into your 90 seconds. <laughs> no, I'm just... I <laughs> no, know, this is fascinating. It was, it was a legitimate question if you guys care at all. Because I don't... I do. Go. Well, what you, I don't fucking know, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking <laughs> if you care. Like, I got the wiki right here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wasn't saying I, can, I, I knew. I was just asking hey, you guys. You hey, you guys want to know anything about this book I just randomly <laughs> picked up on? It's called Green Darkness. I don't know. We, we got two fucking hours to cover uh, here. Okay, now the, the, we're about to see, say goodbye it, to the it's wiki. All, right it's here. all in the legs. That's what I'm going to tell you. It's all, it's, it looks oh, yeah. that way, yeah. 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 Wow. It, it's it, well, it, you you think it's all in the arms because you're thinking of rowing. You're actually pushing your whole body back on a slider. Right? Yeah, because the the seat is actually on a slider, so your most of the energy comes from 
uh, pushing yeah. on your legs. Honestly, but, yeah. even even like they, they have rowing machines at the gym, and that's what you discover. You're like, that's legs. That's yeah. a legs machine. Not and, an and you know, machine. I spent a lot of time with it's called an ergometer. I spent a lot of time on on those in high school, and I've recently been working with a personal trainer. And part of the thing was working on really, that. yes, nice. Uh, and and part of you know part of the what we were doing <laughs> was on an ergometer. And every now and then, you're like, okay, do 500 meters or a thousand meters on an ergometer. Like, I remember you. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. Wow. In the, in the chat room, talking so about Steve Jobs and the impending movie about Steve Jobs, Pavlich says. Watch Mel Gibson make it, and then it's just about him getting sick and dying. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, the, I will the passion say, of the jobs. Uh, <laughs> so, as as you can probably guess, I'm not the most athletic person in the world, and this continued shockingly into high school. So I did not make either the first or second like team of our crew uh, team in high school. Your second row violin. <laughs> we we had well we had to we actually when I was in high school it was a brand new thing like crew was a brand new sport at our school. And we had like enough for two eight-person boats. Like the 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 standard thing is like the eight-person boats, but they're also four-person boat races. And so they had an, our team had enough for two eight-person boats. And then they kind of had a couple people left over, enough kind of enough for four people boat. And I was part of the leftovers. <laughs> so the coaches would take out the two eight-person uh, boats, and they would practice and race and get better and fucking train like athletes. And then they they literally were just like. Okay, and you guys take a four-person boat out and, you know, go do this for a while. And so they would go off in one direction. Just row in a circle, you guys. We <laughs> we literally, we literally rode off in our own direction and just kind of explored the backwaters of the New Jersey, <laughs> like, waterway system. like Which is a whole new hell. Well, no, because, I mean, New the southern New Jersey is, you know, Atlantic City is an island and it's part of a barrier reef of islands. And then there's a mainland, but in between those two, there's kind of like an inland waterway. And we just learned so much. <laughs> we literally just explored the inland waterways of southern New Jersey entirely so on our own. I, that's the opening. That's the first. Was five it like rowing through parts? <laughs> that's the first five pages of the movie. Like the, the reject boat crew. That <laughs> no one even cares where they're rowing. Like, Let's go over there and they find like you know fill in the blank. They find buried a, treasure. They find yeah. a, and a, a, a and a pirate ship in a they, cave. They, a dead they mobster. A they find a gateway to another dimension. Right. They find a <laughs> rare living. It's like a writing. It's like a creative writing prompt I got in high school. Albino <laughs> crocodile. You walk into a library. You pull back a book. No one's pulled back in a hundred years, and behind it is a key. Yeah. Ooh. Write no a thing now. Yeah. And go. The other, the other great experience. Nanorimo. Woo. The other great experience it's was this month. in the oh, in right, the okay. alley, the waterway immediately outside of our boathouse. There was a fucking uh, pipe that was just under the surface of the water, depending on the the tide level. And so you kind of had to like you know turn and maneuver. And I was a a coxswain, which is the basically the the steer. The it's it's the little shit that sits in the tail <laughs> of the boat that yells at everybody with else. With a little funnel actually, on his mouth. With a little, oh, we, you'd be good at that. We actually had a little uh, microphone system. <laughs> I was it was pretty good, <laughs> uh, because I was so lanky. I, I was too tall to be a coxswain, but I was lanky enough. A lanky coxswain. I could, I could fake, I could yeah. make it. So anyway, I was like, knows what Dork I'm talking about. just chewing on a red vine, nodding. There's your yeah. NaNoWriMo novel, <laughs> The Lanky Coxman. That's your title. Go. So I was, I was a, a coxswain. What do they find in the backwaters of New Jersey? There, the, you're you're only six thousand words behind, listener. Go write it. So I was a coxswain for one of the eight-person eight boats at one Christ. point, and we were turning in, and our boat came across this fucking pipe that was just under the water, which punctured a hole in our boat, and then we sank. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and the coaches in their motorboat had to come up and it's had kind to- of a weed vibe there. Evacuate. And it, it was like, 
Have you ever been on a boat that's been sinking before? Yes. It's insane. It's it's this really weird, like... Well, I wasn't with four jocks. I was just sort of like, oh, I'm sinking, jocks. and now I'm in the water, and I can float. It it was the sense of... Cause as the coxswain, you're the, the, shit, the little shit at the tail of the boat that's telling everybody else what to do. And so I'm saying, you know, starboard side row to, to turn us into the passageway to get back to the boathouse. Starboard oh, side so row. so it was like your fault, basically? Well, no, because I was giving Brian. the, I was giving the <laughs> commands. Yeah, I kind of got blamed, but it wasn't my fault uh, because you're kind of the captain of the boat. But I was giving commands, and all of a sudden, people were not listening to me anymore. And it was like, starboard side row. What the fuck is going on? Starboard side row. What the fuck is going on, Who's guys? Who's the coxswain here? And, <laughs> and then it, at that point, I noticed, oh, wait, the water level is rising, and everybody is like undoing their foot straps and getting ready to bail out of the fucking hmm. boat. Oh, oh, this is what's happening. This is a very new experience. And we the fucking boat sank from out un- underneath us. Was and it ever we, recovered? Yeah. The Did a lot co- of men die that day? <laughs> no, the coaches actually got pissed at us because we went home. Because you sank a boat? Because <laughs> we, well, we sank a boat, a very expensive fiberglass boat, and then we went home, and they were like, fuck, fuck, and we had to get the boat out, and you guys left. We're like, yeah, we were on a boat that sank, and we're in high school. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway. That was more interesting than I thought it would be. High five, Brian. Thank you. Nice. Cool story, bro. Thank you. There yeah, was another. There was another Crow, reference Crow there. You know, this is where they filmed the Towering Inferno. Really, <laughs> this building here? That's that was the line they just oh. said. Two twenty something guys just said. You know, this is where they filmed the Towering Inferno. <laughs> I know the Towering Inferno exists, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is that the, way the is that the small talk you would make? That's a ride at Disneyland, right? Yeah. The only thing I remember about also, the tower- it's like Towering Inferno was shot on a set. I don't think it's not shot in any real building. The but, only thing uh, I remember about the Towering Inferno is that w- we had a puzzle of it when I was a kid, and there was wow. a SCTV sketch about it that I remember very vividly for some reason. It's a, it's a, in the last cycle of blockbusters when it was all about uh, and you know devastation and you know bad things like earthquake and Poseidon Adventure. Poseidon Adventure really started it. Towering Inferno is crazy stupid. It's got a couple of good moments though, and if you want to see back before O.J. Simpson was you know a murderer um, <laughs> when he was just in movies. It's got weird moments to it, but it's got some great moments to it as well. It was so weird when the Naked Gun, I think the third one, came out. Yeah. I literally went to see that with my dad, and we came out of the theater, and all the newspapers had O.J. Simpson's face on it <laughs> about him being like suspected for a murder. Isn't we were it, like, what? What? How it, did that happen in the last two hours while we were watching the, this movie? Is it the first one or the second one? Because he's like the kind of the butt of the jokes where he's always... You know, he's, yeah, he's getting he's, blown up. He's he's falling off the cliff. Like that's yeah. the joke of the Naked Gun movies. Isn't there one where he, he like ends mad, up? Man. Isn't there one where like he becomes the scapegoat of the thing? Or am I completely? I don't remember. I don't remember. I on the same note, though, uh, the uh, original Austin Powers movie they had a t- they had a, a take on Odd Job. They had a character named Random Task. Random remember Task. That? He threw mm-hmm. a shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Who guy, throws a that, shoe? That yeah. guy was uh, thrown into jail for rape and murder. And then he, and Whoa. he and he recently just killed his cellmate. <laughs> wow. Mind blown. He's. He's I still. It, he's, I bet it wasn't with his shoe. He's still a cut up that one. <laughs> the kids just love his shoot from the hip buccaneer style. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking so of anyway, the anyway, social network. Here's the social network. Anyway, we no, 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 no
but um, but yeah, and also we haven't talked about the casting. We haven't talked about. I guess we should say the name Jesse Eisenberg, yeah. who 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 uh, listening his to name his, is like he's good. Zuckerberg. Second place to Andrew Garfield for me. <laughs> well, his his name is like Zuckerberg, so I think the Jews are cheating. I think they totally are. Well, Sorkin, you know, big Jew. Listening obviously. to the commentary, it's actually <laughs> remarkable. Fincher, huge Jew. How like insecure he is, and how like, he really it is. Real, it really comes across like I didn't. And it, it was born comes, to play this role, no doubt about it. Yeah, it it's it's almost like wow, you're really very similar to Mark Zuckerberg and, in a lot of well, ways. At least into his kind. And, and boy, are you the guy to work with David Fincher? <laughs> if you want a director who will literally just tell you everything you should do, yeah. you have come to the right place, my friend. It's a perfect pairing. But he, lit- I mean, he literally talks puppeteer. about it in the commentary, like, yeah, this scene, I don't, I don't think I did a very good job in this scene. And then in this scene, this is the very first thing we shot, and you know, David had me run across. Uh, that was the shot, and you know, that was the first day. That was the very first thing we did, and I, I was, I had this horrible, you know, anxiety panic attack. So I, I took these pills, and it made me nauseous, and I threw up as because of it, because I was so nervous that I was going to suck and be terrible. It's like, wow, dude. Yeah. I think I dated him. <laughs> we all have. It- yeah. I just decided not to. I remember him talking. I remember him talking in some in some uh, um, commentary where he's talking about yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's probably in the documentary for this. It's like yeah, and I did this, and then I told my therapist about it, and I talked to that. He's like he references his therapist multiple times. Yeah, it's like could you be more Jewish? Oh my god, if 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 you married Soon Yi, you'd be more Jewish. But that's about the only way you could possibly do it. Now go Brenda Song. Oh Brenda Song, bring it. See, I've dated her more than once, <laughs> and and I have to say, probably would again, <laughs> because I'm telling you, like we keep saying, crazy girls, yeah, will do any, will do anything. They're a lot of fun. Literally anything you can think of, <laughs> which is good and bad, because <laughs> then they're gonna start doing things they're thinking of, and that's when it gets that's when it gets risky. The the. The aspect of like shares and stock, it's really interesting that they managed to even make that interesting because I don't, I totally don't get how that works. Yeah, the, honestly, well, the yeah. whole like dilution of stock yeah. aspect, they don't spend a lot of time on it, and it's the mechanisms I loved of it. it. They, the they mechanisms well, of... they managed to make the, j- it's a pure numbers thing. They're like before it was big and now it's small. Before you it don't was have 30, to understand now it's point zero three. Yeah, you don't have to understand how it works to know that's fucked up. Right. So that's how they get. Away with it, that. It's this movie's version of the Star Trek techno babble. It's yeah. like quantum, 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 stock dilution, stock, quantum. stock, stock, dilution, dilution. And this I is, feel so fucking bad for him. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm it's, sure the reality, as, as gray and gray morality as this movie is, I'm sure the real life actual tale of events is even more shades of yeah. gray. But it, I it, feel so bad for it. I I completely all understand what story. happened, though. I completely buy what, what was going on. All through on the there. story, yeah, yeah. Eduardo, he went off and did the wrong thing, and sorry, buddy, but you did the wrong thing. Eduardo, well, Eduardo was, what did he, he do was, that was, he was wrong? He, was he moved to New York for four months while they were trying to get it off the ground. But, but no, but again, that the, wasn't the, the wrong thing. They did, they did the wrong thing. They did the thing that any sane person would go, okay, that's just kind of stupid and crazy. The, no, he the, did, the, he did the responsible thing, just like this, just like the Winklevi. The Winklevi played by the rules and got jacked. And so did so did uh, Eduardo. You know, Eduardo was like he was. You know, I'm gonna I'm doing this the way it's supposed to be done. I'm gonna get you know I'm gonna maintain a job of my own. I'm gonna find you know safe, cautious, good investors. And you know Zuckerberg and and Parker were the ones who did the crazy, stupid cowboy routine, and it they paid gambled. off. Yeah, you know, and it the, worked. The huge risk. 
But uh, but well, Eduardo was the one who the, did the that. Point, right? The Eduardo shouldn't be, be punished for the fact that he was trying to. No, do exactly. The right thing he's either, he's yeah. just sort of being. The point. It's, it's the the movie suggests that it's it's more, it's more about personal. You know, it's just like no, you just you weren't you weren't you know you weren't with us, man. You weren't, you weren't with revolutionary. us. Well, I think yeah. I mean based on the commentaries, the, based on what Fincher and, and Eisenberg both say, the point of view that Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg the character make and Fincher as the filmmaker make is that you know that. M- Zuckerberg, the character of Mark Zuckerberg, his point of view is, you know, Eduardo is is thinking small, and Zuckerberg and uh, Sean are thinking big, and so. But even th- even the scene that's going on right now, yeah. this is all about a personal vendetta. True, yeah. Sean, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and, and, and the movie is not, really doing. and the, the movie is not in any way, shape, or form nice to Sean Parker as a person. If, if there is not a villain low. in this movie, it's, it's Sean, Sean Parker. Parker absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the the point that uh, Eisenberg took and, and that Fitchin took in the making of the movie was, you know, what they were doing, the movie, Eduardo Saverin would be worth more with them taking the the company in the direction that they took it in with him owning 0.03%. Eduardo would make more that way than he would have made had Eduardo taken it in his direction and owned 30%. So it's like, we're not really screwing him because... Even the way we've screwed him, he's still making more money. Sure. And that's at least that's how Eisenberg justifies, you know, how, you know, his psychology, the psychology that he's built for Mark Zuckerberg really doesn't make him the villain. That's interesting that he feels the need to justify his character and be like, but we didn't screw him. Come right. on. I mean, we did, but we didn't. Come well, on. And, and that's what, as we've talked about before, you know, no, in real life, nobody conceives himself as, as the villain. They right. think of the... These are my motives, and these are my justifications for them, right. and that's perfectly. And this movie is definitely doing that with right. everybody. But it's, and Zuckerberg, it's, and that's how Zuckerberg is doing it with Saverin. Right. In the, but in it's interesting events. that that Eisenberg, as the actor, feels the need that much to put himself in the position of Zuckerberg right. and justify himself as though he's Zuckerberg, because who knows what Zuckerberg thinks about right. this whole situation, or if any of this is even accurate to how to what's really going went on or how head. he perceived he, he yeah. said it's you know it's okay you know he, other than the fact that he, he had a girlfriend the whole time so that yeah. sort of that subplot doesn't you know he doesn't uh, the, the whole like initial catalyst for the whole movie yeah. according to the movie but, doesn't but really it is, he, he was pissed off about a girl her name wasn't you know the you know Albrecht uh, is the fictionalized name but it's a it's an actual name that he mm-hmm. says so and so is, uh, you know, getting a lot of help from Victoria's Secret. He, he trashed like is... a thousand MacBooks like, <laughs> <laughs> for that yeah. scene. If you yeah. see in the behind the scenes, there's like just yeah. a slew of he them. He says that in the commentary like destroyed. thirty. Yeah. yeah, and he said he's, he says he felt very guilty about wrecking all of this. This is the if, you, if you're the prop guy on a, on a on a Fincher movie, you're like, oh, there's a scene where he wrecks a laptop. Oh my god, get me like a thousand fucking laptops because who knows how many and, times we're doing it. And the thing it. is, like, you know, because that's a a Mac. A specific Mac laptop yeah, in 2003, yeah, yeah, a period laptop, and it's not even like you know a period as in 1632 period. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a guy in New Hampshire that makes six chairs from 1632. Yeah. It's probably easier to get that. Yeah, than it 2003 is. Mac. Exactly. Well, I had to, you, because there's some guy in Massachusetts that's making chairs from 1632. Yeah. And I have an older MacBook that someone gave me, and the power supply failed. Remember, you guys remember when I was yes. asking for a for a power? And it's like it's the old power supply. We had to go the to fucking one. China to get that power supply. You know, yeah. just just for that. So I can it, imagine it, what it to must get be an easier computer. to get something, you know, a fake from 1632 than find 30 real copies of something from 2003. Yeah. 
It's true. I remember um, I remember seeing the making of where um, Fincher was uh, uh, Eisenberg was asking Fincher. He goes, "Am I upset that he's wrecked my laptop?" You know, <laughs> and I wanted to go. It's not your laptop, man. It's yeah. a laptop. You own all the laptops. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just sat down at that one two minutes ago. You don't. That's not your laptop. That's a person. That's part of the business. Yeah. You don't have personal possessions in yeah. this building. Yeah, that's right. You own – they're all your laptops. Yeah. So yeah. So this finally – yeah, I mean, it's like you kind of – the weird construction, at least for me in this movie, is when, when Eduardo finally goes, oh, hey, you're jacking me, and you, know, you better lawyer up because I'm coming back. I was like, yeah! Yeah. yeah. But like, wait, am I supposed to feel that way? Yeah. Right. Wait. Well, Eduardo is movie? definitely the most sympathetic character. This, this he, is actually he's the, this, he's the most white hat. This of, is actually the great moment here. This yes, is where yeah. is where Parker's trying to be all badass, but when he just he, <laughs> yeah, uh oh, yeah. girl, yeah, and like it's Severin's like ah ha ha ha. Okay, and Timberlake that talks about good. in his portion of the commentary, like yeah. you know how he he kept doing it. Kind of he 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 says you know I'm an internal actor. I tend to internalize everything. And Fincher was just like, no, 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 more, bigger, yeah. bigger, 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 yeah. bigger, bigger. Squeal like bigger. a pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, that's definitely the one they used. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it goes back to, was it, I think it was actually on the Tropic Thunder commentary that we recorded earlier today. But it's like, you know, you don't know on the day whether you need to like, you know, go right down the baseline or whether you need to go below it or over it. Yeah. In, and that's. You know, a smart director will do both. You'll do yeah. straight, you know, straight down the middle, or it's the, you'll or underplay it, and then you'll overplay it, and then in editing, you'll decide what you need for that moment. Or a really smart director, not to you know do the Kubrick is a genius thing, but the really smart director is like, I know what I'm looking for. You're not giving it to me. I know it feels like too much, but I swear it's not. Right. More, more, more. Right. Which yeah. I I know as a director, I've had to do. And yeah. I'm, you know. And then sometimes I know you've had you to know, do it as well. Trent. Yeah. Again, but again, we've we talked about this and other things. It's like. You should do those things on set because just because you shot it doesn't mean you have to use it. So right. it's like you know, better that than get to the editing room and go, "My God, we never pushed it as far as you know as, as we, we should have." To. You yeah. know, we should have gone bigger with that. So, what is so, Chloe doing? Oh, she's okay. just okay. tweaking her wrist. We I thought see. she had something to say. No, she's just doing like this thing. I thought she was telling us to wrap it up like it was intermission. Yeah, but she it was, was just like doing a thing with her <laughs> but, arms but no, that I don't think humans going. are actually supposed to be able to do, so that's okay. No, that's but that's, that's Chloe. She's, she's, she's special. She's got flexible wrists. Yeah. Because she does that. Work on it, everyone. She should row crew. <laughs> Yay, a million people! Seriously, I, you can, if you look at my hands, you can still see the, the calluses from crew. Oh, yeah? Ten fucking years ago. Oh, yeah, I can. A little bit. Goddamn right, you can. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> A. <laughs> now, let's sue the best. I held that megaphone so tight. <laughs> no, no, no. I rowed, too. I did okay. row. And those calluses are from rowing. Okay. Thank you very much. Now, that's a nice little moment just there because, you know, the... the where he, he, he actually did order the, the cards that say I'm CEO yeah. bitch and he's been sort of Sean Parker's you know pawn all this time yeah. and then realized like hmm wait a minute I'm the Again, CEO bitch yeah, yeah. a little a, an, another little quiet Fincher moment where the camera passes through the window yeah, yeah. Catch that. in the chat room by the way I want to point out Dodson uh, again, who is not asked to trope has been really coming through Just with a bunch of them. Troping his the ass problem off. is uh, a lot of these tropes are, are either so specific that they're not tropes or they're so general that they're not tropes, <laughs> uh, gray and gray morality and that kind of thing. And this most recent one that he's brought up, uh, uh, the first law of tragic comedies, is not very insightful either. So I didn't bring it up. Um, so take that, Dodson. It's not a Dodson. <laughs> yeah. it's, a TV, it's a TV. Show sure. you. It's a failure. Booyah. Of tropes, not of him. Um, but he just brought up this one called a brick joke. 
A brick I joke love is a, the brick joke. Go. Brick joke is one of my favorite concepts. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Well, a brick joke is when you you basically say something offhand early on, and then you let a massive amount of time pass, and then you bring it back. Uh, you you reference it. At, so at, at, at which the business cards and you and you do sure. it and you do it with enough amount of time in the in between that you've, that you've completely forgotten sure. about it. And so the 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 punchline. The, the effect of the punchline at the end in is real like, life you just call shit. that a shitty comeback <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't I totally forgot no, about or that or it's a callback in real back. life it's like yeah. a two days later and, and this I would say no I would, I would say it's also a callback call call if someone you're if right. you've had a conversation kidding. two days ago and then you have you're, you're having some other conversation and someone makes a reference to the conversation you had two days ago you're like holy shit you're a genius right 90% of people who think I'm funny think I'm funny because I'm good at callbacks <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's the trick my, uh, I, I love – I think that's the essence of Sean Parker, at least as Timberlake is playing him, Sean Parker's character, where the cop – you know, the, the cops have busted in on the party and the, he grabs Sean Parker's hand and there's coke all over his fucking hand. And Sean <laughs> Parker looks at him dead in the eye as sincerely as he can manage and go, that's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm holding like, that for a friend. It's that ability to be completely sincere while in reality you're completely insincere. Yeah. And just – I mean, that's that's the essential quality of, of being a really great actor is being able to lie so well that you convince yourself of right. of the lie. But like you said, he's got he's got several things going on. You can clearly see in his face, he's like, "Oh shit, I'm fucked." But he's like, "No, I can." I but can if make I this lie work. to myself fast enough, I can pull this off. Yeah, exactly. So here we go. But so yeah, so he's like, "Yeah, your uh, your your role model there, maybe not such a good role model. What, yeah. are, what are you gonna do now?" But then, I mean, the implication is that Zuckerberg called the cops on the party because that's, that's the it's you know, I, it's I, the I don't forget the implication from the movie there is that implication that people have mentioned I never saw it in the movie I never got really that. I there's something about yeah. Eisenberg's performance that that no, I think those shifty Jewish eyes I think <laughs> I think right there where he's panicking well, about Trey I can say that there. but you can't okay okay oh, well <laughs> I, can, I can half say that Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I think I think to be honest, I, I think in, Zuck- in Zuckerberg's yeah, performance, he's he's horrified by it. I don't think there's the implication that he yeah. actually called this the is, cops. This makes on the it. chicken incident look like nothing because <laughs> <laughs> this is a replay of the chicken incident. Oh, this well, is maybe, be big well, news. maybe that's it. Actually, it's the implication that because that was the implication then was that right that Zuckerberg called that yeah. you know set that up that set up the chicken incident. I didn't so get that. that implication either when well, I watched well, it. Well, well, Severin accuses him of that. Uh, he says, right. "Hey, no, you did that on purpose. You you made that happen." He he never. He never confirms or denies that he did it. He's, right. Uh, but so I get the well, the movie is like again, I think it's very clever and and also avoiding you know action. It's letting you draw that conclusion if you want to see it, but not overtly saying one way or the other. I like mm-hmm. I never read it that way myself, but yeah, I can see how you could sort of go. Oh, it's not saying that didn't happen. It's it's certainly saying that that might be it. Wow. We made it to the end. Yeah, poor Here Rashida Jones. Now I'm going to have to, yeah, Rashida Jones. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to. Admit yeah, we've had two of those, so go yeah, ahead. I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna have to admit something about the, the end of the movie, though. Um, oh. When I first saw the movie in, in theater, um, and then when I rented it on, I bought the DVD, and it was a double DVD. It had a making of. I, I saw it again on the DVD, and then I watched it with the commentary <laughs> a third time, and, and only in the third time when Fincher explained the ending did I finally understand the ending? Okay. What part of it? I didn't know who the fuck he was looking at on oh. that Facebook page. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, important to know that's the ex I, I thought yeah. he was looking at her. I thought he was ah. looking at Rashida Jones. Oh. He's, he's so messed up that the woman he was just talking to, he can't talk to her or, you know, right. relate but he, to her, but he'll friend her on Facebook. That could have that worked in its yeah. own way, but but no, it's much more important like, than that. Like, it wasn't until, like, uh, you know, that, that yeah. Fincher mentioned, girl. like, yeah, so is it really he always was thinking of her? And I'm like, wait, in oh, is that the girl from the beginning? In the chat, Pavlich says the same thing happened to him. Yeah. Third time, I finally got that. I didn't have that, but that's just because I thought Emily Albright was fucking adorable so yeah. that's my problem Erica Albright third time third time yeah, God damn it are we making him names again yeah <laughs> the uh, the actual uh, girl's name her last name I think is Al- Dodson Al- says but that's how I thought it ended Wow. <laughs> High five, visual storyteller. Uh, yeah. It's a little... And, and part of it is also, since I don't use Facebook... Here you go. I'm he, like, she just says that you planted the story about Eduardo and the chicken. So yeah. there you go. And so yeah. she she is actually explicitly making... She's the, asking the question. The insinuation of, you know, did you call the cops on Sean Parker's party? I, yeah. I love the, the very subtle... That's where it's coming from. The very subtle fourth wall breaking, where he says, you think I call the police? She's like, doesn't matter. I asked the question, now everyone's thinking it. It's like who's everyone? Yeah. Wait a well, she's talking, well, she's, she's talking about how it's going to fall apart in front of it. She says, take, right. "She's saying take the settlement." But both Sorkin and Fincher directly refer to her as the audience surrogate in the right. commentaries. They yeah. say, "No, this is she is the stand-in for the audience to say yeah. what the audience is thinking." Right, and that's fair. But you know, at the same time, she's going, "Look, it's you know," and she says, "It's a speed bump. Whatever, yeah. whatever you pay them." It's nothing. You're a fucking billionaire. You right. know, just pay it. Just pay it. You know, forget the pride. Just pay it. Get this over with. So. And I never quite bought her last line. Yeah, I was like, where's so that much. coming from exactly? But but anyway, like I said, this moment here, and also because since I don't use Facebook, I'm like, okay, is he reloading the page to see if she's accepted? To see if she's his... accepted, yeah. yes. Okay, because I was like, yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm guessing, but I had to work that one out yeah. because I didn't. It drives me nuts because yeah. he does that. That's the implication, and you hear the the very but isn't specific laptop clicking sound yeah. effect, but. His cursor is clearly in the middle of the screen. It drives me nuts. <laughs> hey, maybe he's pressing he's not on the reload button. No, you hear the click. You hear the. See, There's a different click the, between the the a, thing a, and the a key and a laptop clicker. All right, I guess. Yeah. But see, we get such a clear like, Erica Albright. We see that so clearly. Yeah. I just I didn't. Yeah, didn't who knows what her name yeah. is from cursor two hours in the ago? Screen. He left it there. He says, he says Erica Albright is a bitch. Yeah, and I don't yeah, but, remember people's it's, names. It's easy to for it's easy. And I don't remember what people look like, and that's not what she looked like. Teague, before. No. Brian, Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's two okay. two years, I finally grasped all oh, that. Oh, cool. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I didn't. I'll be kind know. and not say what Trey's actual name is. Ooh, yeah, in the uh, yeah, that's a thing. In the uh, in the chat, Dodson points out another great trope to go out on uh, the jerk ass facade, and he says <laughs> her saying exactly what she said is the jerk ass facade. You're not an asshole. You just want everyone to think you are. That's good. Now I don't the know if the movie supports her claim, right? But yeah. the, well, there's, there's. But I could see the argument for it. Yeah, I guess. But uh, just to point it out, I mean, the the whole thing about this, the the, because there were a few people when we talked about the social network who were like, I don't see what the point of it is. I don't see what the movie is. You know, why the, why why somebody made that movie in the yeah, first place? And the you know, or what what's going on with Mark Zuckerberg? We're right. following him. Blah blah. blah. So. Just to lay that out, I mean, the the whole irony is here's the guy who created the way for everyone to make connections with everyone in their life, people they've never, you know, people they haven't seen in 10 years, people they want to keep in touch with, their right. best friends, you know, who, who, et cetera, et cetera. Who has changed the very nature of how we uh, connect and stay connected yeah. to, Dude, the, he to really people has, in our entire life. so weird. He yeah. has. Him and, and, him and Steve Jobs, both of them. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. at the same it's time. It's like we're watching a movie about Johannes and Gutenberg Ste- in 1700. Yeah, and yeah. Steve like, Jobs. There he is. But but the thing is, he's he's created that, and the whole irony is that, uh, as as far as 
this version, you know, the movie version of Mark Zuckerberg goes anyway, um, he is himself incapable of making a meaningful right. human connection with other people. Right. So and that's, and again, and that's the fundamental whether or not that's true irony. about yeah. Mark Zuckerberg himself. Exactly. Right. It's we're just talking about the character. You know, it's a movie, yeah. and and it is it is a bit of a weird gray area, in that you know when something becomes a movie, well that becomes the history. You know, yeah. the people yeah. just go, oh well, I saw the movie, and that must be what it is. Um, but for a, it's it's weird that it's a movie that is about such a recent event. Um, and can, with a guy that is very much alive yeah, and very much around. around. It's very very recently, like you said, like you guys going like, wow, they're making a movie about a thing that seems like. It isn't even history yet. Yeah. It was, didn't that just happen? Seems like they made a movie. It's like South Park. They made yeah. a movie about something. Yeah, that literally, they made last it about week. last week. Exactly. But um, the uh, the defense that uh, that Sorkin and and Fincher, I forget which one, maybe it was both uh, alluded to, was that um, well, it's based on a book. You know, it's based as you said, based on the accidental billionaires. Um, their real sort of green light, like no, we can go ahead with this, is no one sued the book. <laughs> that, that's that's the precedent. That's the precedent. Is like the book came out. If anyone thought there was anything actionable, they would have sued the book. These are all billionaires, you know. So it's like, if, if any, and they didn't, and that actually huh. weakens their case. It's like, hey, you want to sue my movie? The book came out, said exactly the same thing. You didn't take action. The, Booyah! The that, degree that, that actually is a legal defense. It's like the degree know. to which like sheer precedence defines yeah. how our entire society works. The le- and precedence, precedence is half of law. The, the legal that de- yeah, precedence yeah. de- determines so much of what our society, how our society functions. And precedent, all precedence is is, well, this is how it's been done up till now. So that's I guess how we'll do it this yeah. time. And if you didn't care then, why do you care now? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. and that's true. It's like it, well, that's that's what the Supreme that's the Supreme Court's job is right. to talk about. Okay, you're asking us to change the way we always do it. Right. You tell me why we should do that. Right. Tell me why we need to do it differently now. So that's they do that for they do that for the law for any law. So so that was that was literally part of it. It's like if we stay more or less to the facts of the book, we're you know no one sued this movie either. You know it's like yeah okay it's just you know now the now the question close is enough. did they have lawyers at the studio or wherever that's you know that said okay. Oh, do they have lawyers in the studio? I don't think they have lawyers <laughs> involved. Well, are the are were the lawyers involved? And how closely were they involved in the production to say, okay, well, you can stray this far from the book. Well, but they're involved from start to finish. Things are always vetted. Any movie gets vetted. So, you know. no, didn't your I, movie I just, get vetted? Huh? Did didn't, what? Didn't your movie get vetted, Brian? What, my movie? I don't know. I was just making up shit. Yeah, you have to be re- even even like when you're naming a character, it goes through a whole process to make sure that nobody has that, that fucking nobody name. Nobody has that name. Or no one right. who's going to care. Why didn't they call you name? when they started casting The Office? I don't know, assholes. Because I think Michael Scott is too. Michael of Michael a name. Scott is an extremely. Well, they actually, they yeah. they had that problem. And that's with... the defense. It's yeah, like, right. yeah, we're not we're not singling you out and saying you're a bag manager because there, there are five hundred of you. There is that fucking Nick Cannon movie where Nick Cannon's name was Trey Stokes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still waiting for the. There's the a trailer where he's like Officer Trey Stokes the third, and I'm like, oh, dude. They they had that problem with uh, Star that Trek. I know Trey. With Star Trek Enterprise, the, originally the captain's character's name was Jackson Archer, and apparently there is one fucking guy in the United States <laughs> named Jackson Archer, and they're like, okay, well, we just got to change it yeah. to something more common. If it's, if it's one guy, it sounds like we're talking about him, right? Yeah, so exactly. they changed it to something more common, where it was you know a thousand people are named Jonathan Archer, and so that that All was right, okay. Fair enough. That was fine. Anyway, the Social Network is. Um, I agree with Trey. I, I I might throw Zodiac into his statement, but this is when Fincher started calming down and making adult movies, and I'm glad we have 
Fincher at age early mid fifties where he's at now, where it's like, all right, I've done fifteen movies that every twelve year old loves, and here here we're gonna go and do a real one, and goddamn. Fucking keep it up, and I'm really looking forward to Girl with the, the Dragon Tattoo. As, as at the point of this recording, all we have is that Led Zeppelin Immigrant song trailer, and fuck yes. <laughs> so I'm looking forward and to a poster to, to Fincher. of Mara Rooney with just uh, safety pins in her nipples. I've been a fan of Fincher for a long time, probably as a result of my age and the time at which I was seeing his movies and where I was in my life at those points. But for now, I'm officially really interested to see where David Fincher's going with this whole David Fincher thing. Um, and he really <laughs> is pulling it's working it well for him so far. <laughs> Brian. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to say other than what I said at the outset, which is, and uh, our commentary wasn't really an expansion upon this theme, as it turns out, <laughs> but that's fine, you know, uh, but it's really just a, this, and in terms of, in response to my thing, they're like, in the chat room, they're like, if your movie has a razor blade dildo in it, it's an adult movie. I'm like, all right, fuck. <laughs> uh, anyway, in ter- in terms of like, if, if, if we have a shelf for perfect movies and there's a shelf for like. Movies that you should study to be the best filmmaker you can possibly be. This absolutely goes on on that shelf, and like we like we were talking about at the beginning, just in terms of craft. This is in terms of level of detail from from writing to directing, from down to uh, production design and costume design, and and I really actually do recommend checking out the 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 commentaries on these, at least with the. Uh, there's a there's a commentary w- which is just David Fincher and there's a commentary that is the cat some of the cast yeah. and Aaron Sorkin and they're not all in the same room at the same time they just kind of took yeah. three commentaries and edited them together but they're really they're good but they they are good and in the sense of you know like them's and and the Fincher one is good too in the sense that's you know he's he's saying like this is this is the these are the choices that defined every other choice I made through the whole thing and the the actors are talking about you know this is these are the choices we made, and these are the these are the moments. At least Eisenberg is talking about these are the moments where I made this choice, and Fincher made this choice, and we kind of disagreed, and it was rare, but it happened, and you know this is where we came down on it. So it's just in, in a sense of this is the craft of filmmaking. Of you know, these are the best people at swinging the hammers of making a movie <laughs> as best we can. Swing the hammers in the best way possible. Check out this chair we made. Check out <laughs> check out the fucking chair from no, just, 1632 just that just we made. Sit down for a sec. Just yeah. tell me what you think. So, Enjoy the experience. Yeah, I think this is will be a movie that we remember. You know, 30, it's definitely a fucking thirty forty years from now. This is going to be a movie from the two thousands that we remember. Hell yeah, good point. This is a yardstick cultural yardstick of a movie. It's going to last. Michael, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I agree with everything he said. L- like you said. You know, we've talked about we had that intermission about the blockbuster bubble and stuff like that. It's like people were making shit in the 30s, but we only <laughs> remember Citizen Kane and Wizard of Oz because they were good. People have been oh, – I mean we're lamenting the hell out of all the shit that's being made right now um, in the in the late you know, 2000s, early 2010s. Social network is going to be the thing they remember in 70 years being Absolutely. like, yeah, Absolutely. they were making way better movies back then, you know, because that <laughs> yeah. wasn't all just Transformers. Yeah, back exactly. Then. We're, we're going to be sit- sitting our kids down and going, listen, the, 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 the shit you're watching today is shit. Yeah. But we were <laughs> watching your 3D fuckogram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back when Facebook was just two dimensional. <laughs> yeah. But oh, uh, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Like you said, uh, and, and like the we people are all crappy. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, and like we haven't haven't particularly you know changed or, or, or we haven't changed our views on it in any way. And we I doubt no we've, character arc in this episode. Yeah, guys. I doubt we've changed anyone else's view on it listening mm. to it. But it's a movie that's firing all cylinders. Like you say, it's a movie well worth studying. It's you know mm-hmm. as as 
as as much as as much as there's still a part of my heart that's like oh the Facebook movie like I can't (laughs) like it's a movie about Facebook and it does my I don't want to say it but it's like it this is one of those modern classic kind of movies every every time I'm on Facebook I'm like I'm wasting time this is so fucking like even when I'm and I I admit wholeheartedly that I am more addicted to Facebook the sheer act of checking facebook then is absolutely healthy <laughs> but even i understand that it's so fucking trivial yeah yeah, yeah. And so trite well yeah even but it's still i mean but that's i mean that's but, who we are right but now. that's who we are <laughs> it's yeah. not the same level it. of craftsmanship as the social network but do check out pirates of silicon valley sure, absolutely. because for the exact same thing you could you, you hear me talk about that you're like i don't want to see a movie about Macintosh and Windows in 1989. That sounds the most yeah. boring thing ever. It's not about that. It's about everything else it's and what it meant. It's about the personalities that shaped that and therefore... And what sh- it meant. And therefore shaped who you and I are and how you and I interact with each but, other. But in in a less direct way than the fact that this is about the same... Human this connection. Is, this is about yeah. a, a person who is, uh, for, for, you know, uh, you, me, and Teague... For the people who are the same age as Mark Zuckerberg, right? We he he is a, a an analog for us. He's the one who we were in college at the same time as him. Exactly, and he he was the he, you know he was the the point of the spear. <laughs> and Trey giggles. I was like, yeah, how's that guy? How's it working out for <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was, the, he was the he was the he was the chop point chop of the, guys. He was the point <laughs> of the spear on this, but it's yeah. like all of us are having the same experience that he is. We didn't he even talk like about. Do you remember the the? Because I remember very vividly. Facebook coming to my college. I, at I remember time. when people were talking about it, and I was like, "Fuck Facebook!" I just signed up for MySpace, and I don't like that either. I, so. Well, I remember it was a whole like there was a section of the the campus the, of the body politic of our school that was actively campaigning to get Facebook that which is what to get our about school. In the movie. It's com- like included. make them want it because it's yes. exclusive. And and that that part of the movie resonated like because I remember it very distinctly. Of and a friend of mine, you know, a very good friend of mine was you know part of that's. That army. Yeah, like, I was at I was at UCLA exactly when Facebook came to it. Right. I remember when that happened, and I yeah, was like, "But see. why? It's the same as MySpace, and everyone I, I know and who's I not the, at UCLA is on MySpace." I so had the same I, opinion. Yeah. I was yeah. like, "Why do you care so much about this?" And by to, the way, just I I don't get to play this card ever, and I shouldn't play it now, but. I was on MySpace in the first month of MySpace. <laughs> wow. Hey, man. I am a MySpace old B. You nice. are a MySpace hipster. I had a Friendster <laughs> account. If there's any worth more worthless thing to be. You had a Live yeah. Journal account when it was still invite-only. Yeah. I, I did a live, have a Live Journal account. I had a Live Journal account when it was yeah. still invite-only. I have a Live Journal account from after it went public. <laughs> I haven't updated it in five years. That's how old we're talking. I deleted yeah. mine. I actually. Wow. I was like, I don't that. fucking need that on the internet I for should, the rest yeah. of my life. I, yeah. don't. I should really delete my old blogger accounts. Yeah. I deleted. I deleted you really my should. If you ever want to be taken seriously as a grown-up, yeah, this is your chance. Definitely, to, the last chance you'll Everybody, have. Everybody, this is down in front of public service your early history. Anything you can, as yet, get rid <laughs> yeah. of on the internet. Get rid. Delete of it. Now. your live. What, dress, I, what I remember is, of course, being on maybe on MySpace. MySpace I didn't deal with until like 2006, even then. So I don't even know when it started. But I just remember Facebook was a thing that you. Only college kids had that. Right. Like, right. you know, that's I, I, I'm not, not even thinking about Facebook because that's for college kids. Right. You know, and then suddenly it wasn't and everyone was on it. So I'm right. like, oh, okay, when did that happen? All right, fine. But, you know, I resisted it for the longest time. I've actually had an account on Facebook for like as long as you probably have been able to. I just forgot for about three years that I had one yeah. <laughs> until I was like, do I still have a Facebook account? Oh, God. Someone must have sent me a link and I'm like, I signed up. Dude, and... all the social network shit I signed up for six years ago, I still get an email for once a year. There was a dating website for geeks when I was in high school. It was called geek to geek <laughs> which is apparently still around because <laughs> I'll get an email once a year 
This guy likes you on Geek Two. Ge- <laughs> yeah. What is? Really? Oh, really? Wait, this guy likes you because yeah, you know gender preference is one of the more obvious search algorithms. They didn't come things. up with that until two thousand and eight. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. no, Dude, then. I got a lot of guys interested in me. Well, that was TV. really nice of you there, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I you tell that, that guy hi for me. I'll have you know, I did check to see his picture. Yeah, yeah, you might as well check the picture. As an and okay, by the way, if you had seen his picture, you'd have been like high five, dude. Yeah. As as an OK Cupid user, it's like you know you you can see the list of like recent visitors on your thing, and like you know most of the time it's a woman because you know gender <laughs> preference good. is a pretty obvious you know yeah. and search algorithm. Gays, yeah. Well, no, it's just like every now and then there's a guy. It's like, but why? Why are you there? Checking out the competition, dude. <laughs> it's because w- uh, I guess so. I, I mean, OK Cupid specifically has a filter to be like only ever show me what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. I have no need to see those yeah, other things. Don't need to see that other shit. So yeah. But anyway, anyway, Mike that's the latest thing. Fucking OK Cupid. I think I already said. Yeah, my thing. you already, oh, you already did. Yours. Yeah, I forgot so there was a tangent there. Thing, yeah. So Trey. I you know this is your Fincher movie. It is my Fincher movie. It's uh, you know other than Aaron Sorkin, I had no reason to see this movie because it's like wow a david fincher movie about facebook Pit, pinch me with a kid from adventureland no. yes <laughs> Trey, adventureland's a fun Trey, movie. give me a chance it has the music of nine inch nails well yeah <laughs> and you know how much that means to me <laughs> it's funny. nine inch nails is one of those it, when you when you kids wear the t-shirt that says nin and one of the ends is backwards is that nine inch nails yes Okay. Yes. And Nine Inch Nails is a band that sounds like something. Actually, Nine Inch Nails is a they, band. They sound the, like the, nails the, across. Yeah, the they sound like nails. The Nin shirts are for a different <laughs> band called Nice Is Neat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yes, Nin, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor. Okay. Equals and Trent, oh, Trent Reznor was in the thing called Nine Inch Nails. I completely. He forgot. was the thing. Yeah. I completely. Oh, okay. I saw. I completely forgot to tell the story. If I can tell it really quick. Well, let Trey finish. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. I was just you know playing my old du- old dude card about Nine Inch Nails, and I don't know what the. Kids and then are Brian exhibited to. a lack of attention span. Yeah, I don't. What? I don't. Shiny. And I have no. I still have no opinion about Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails in any capacity, other than I think the score for this movie is fine. So rock on, Trent Reznor, whoever and whatever well, you he are. He won an Oscar, so exactly. Yeah. He won an Oscar, so you know more power to him. And again, it's like I, I, I but your, the question was coming to this movie. Other than everyone said this movie is so awesome, and it's like other than Aaron Sorkin, I can't. You know, there's nothing to draw, but I'll check it out. And it is. It's one of those things. I'm like, wow, okay. A bunch of people who normally I can't stand got together and made something really fun, and that's good for them. Well, well done. I'm glad that happened. <laughs> that's really that's really fantastic. And right now, I would go ahead and do my outro, but Brian has a story. Well, so I was watching this last night with a commentary with Fincher and my roommate uh, Mark, uh, who is Zuckerberg, <laughs> Mark Heidegger, who uh, was who worked at a company called Rock Paper Scissors here in in Los Angeles oh, a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, Chad uh, did too. Chad did too, yeah. and uh, Mark checks out. And I did for a day. Really? I was PA I and got their. Oh, God, like, it's a tangent story. Stocked oh their cereal and shit for a day. Okay. Nice. Anyway. Well, well, what do they Mark, do at Rock, Paper, Scissors? They're an ed- editing facility. Okay. Editing facility. Right, so when, when Mark and kind of in the same area as Chad worked there, they worked with a couple of buddies of theirs who went on to uh, a guy named Tyler Nelson, who's an assistant editor on, on this and has been an assistant editor for several of. Fincher's movies. Zodiac, Benjamin Zodiac, Button. Zodiac, Benjamin Button. Anyway. I, I was in there when they were While they were Zodiac. working on that. Angus. Angus. So, uh, yeah. yeah. You stalked cereal during Zodiac? Yes, I did. <laughs> well, so I was watching... Who the wants th- to touch me? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> so... So I was watching this last night with a David Fincher commentary right at the beginning of the credits when David Fincher is talking about, yeah, so, you know, I was... I was kind of in the prep for this movie and, you know, I, I was just listening to... Uh, uh, Trent Reznor's Ghost, the Nine Inch Nails Ghost album at the time, and so I, I was kind of playing it over and over and over again, and so it kind of got in my head of like, hey, what if I have Trent Reznor do this, do the soundtrack for this movie? 
And so I, I watched that and David Fincher say that. And like not two or three minutes later, Mark comes out of his room and goes, oh, yeah, hey, this, you know, I was actually working at uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors at the time. And I, you know, Ghost, the album that Trent Reznor just did, had just come out and I put it on the shared server at Rock, Paper, Scissors. And so I kind of like to think in my own head that I'm the reason that Trent Reznor became the, uh, uh, ended up be doing the soundtrack. Reznor owes me that Oscar, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, me. can I share that on the commentary <laughs> tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, sure. What the fuck? So, uh. So anyway, anyway. That's so that is interesting. I'm glad our you friend that. of the show and my roommates is responsible for Trent Reznor doing the soundtrack of and Sergeant Miles. Su- subsequently winning an and Oscar. Subsequently and subsequently winning, winning an Oscar. As far as we're concerned. That's right. My buddy, Prove it didn't happen. My oh. buddy, the rapper guy I've mentioned yeah. before, had a song on the soundtrack, and when they called him up, his agent, uh, uh, you know, Fincher called the music company, the music called his agent, agent called him, and said, we're going to use the song on the new David Fincher movie. Uh, it's going to be on the soundtrack with uh, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, he said... Oh, fuck. <laughs> you can't. And they said, why? And he said, because I sampled a song that I didn't credit <laughs> on that track. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Anyway, this has been Down in so Front. So close. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Don't a brand steal. new episode every single week. Also subscribe to our iTunes Kill feed. Kill all the lawyers. That's a lesson. <laughs> down in Front, the intermission at downinfrontintermission. Uh, downinfront.net <laughs> slash intermission. You can hear our uh, every Wednesday night talks half hour talks about random shit uh it's, oh, it's, it's off topic it's not down in front but it's fun it's like us but not us <laughs> but uh, us <laughs> it was us we, we did not add ourselves as friends uh go to the forum oh, involve boy. yourself in the conversation it's a wonderful community did we just do inception there. is that what happened <laughs> here at the forum we announce when and where and what the live chats are going to be they happen uh with a video stream audio stream and a chat room at down in slash live but the forum and twitter will tell you what they are twitter.com slash down in front facebook down in front show emails at down in front show at gmail.com Holden Hill Design maintains the website. Uh, buy our shirts and please give us money for pizza. There's a big website uh, called downinfront.net. You might have heard of it. And on that, pi- there's a big fucking button that says, not asking, just saying. We're asking. Anyway, just saying. Uh, my name is T. Christie. Brian Fennifer. Nice cop. Jay Stokes. Look me up on Facebook. Down in front. <laughs> this has been Down in Front. Subscribe to us on iTunes. I, ah! Facebook. Good night, good night. Good night, good night. Good night, good night. Good night, good night. But seriously, there we Facebook. Go. You know, it's we been a while it. since I checked Facebook. Friendsinyourhead.com